Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast episode 383 for the week of May 7th, 2016. I'm Chris Privetier here with Anna Marie Privetier. Good morning. Social media mogul. <laughs> not, right. Not, not just a wife. I don't want to introduce her as just a wife. She is, she's got her own life and career. And there's. Why, thank you. Yeah. Okay. It's <laughs> just a dumb conversation. All right. Um, also here, <laughs> Jonathan Stringer. Non sequitur. We're back. We, we need to like have a time to non sequitur in our podcast. Mm-hmm. I'll put you in charge of that. Okay. Oh, no, I want to put Shaman in charge of it. Okay, why perfect. Have some, why have something that's going to be measured in like, I don't know, seconds? <laughs> Hi, Alice Wilkinson. From England. Hello. From England. You're back. Yes, I'm back. Why didn't you call us from Japan? Um, uh, time zones. <laughs> Money. No, no, time zones. Time I zones? Was on, okay. I was on hotel Wi-Fi for quite a lot of the trip. Oh, delightful. Free hotel Wi-Fi? Oh, yeah. All right, good. Well, I mean, oh. come on. What are you expecting? Uh, it seems like you're always dealing with time zones when you talk to us, though. Yeah, well, I mean, we're dealing with, what, uh, an eight-hour time difference at the moment? And in Japan, we would have been dealing with a 16-hour uh, time difference. Uh, no, I think it's just 13. No, um, well, I mean, it's eight hours from you to me at the moment, mm-hmm. right? No, it's and six. It's... <laughs> no, it... Japan is, is like 12 or 13. Because I, I, I remembered I was doing the conversions by going around the clock once and then adding an hour or subtracting an hour. <laughs> But I mean, it's uh, Japan's like plus eight from us. So it's about 14. All right. Eight plus six is 14, yes. One yeah. plus one plus two plus one. All right. So let's, uh, let's start. <laughs> Alice, everyone wants to hear about Japan. What'd you do in Japan? Well, I would direct most people then to read my Twitter because I did put up daily updates. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, Mecca underscore Alice. Okay. Yeah, I, I have a lot of pictures up on there um, that break down my visit day by day because I, as soon as when I got back to the hotel, I'd often spend some time during the evening uh, just uploading pictures to Twitter and stuff. So, I mean, is there anything people recall that they want to ask me about? Mm. Did you meet Shigeru Miyamoto? Um. Uh, no. Did you meet? Um, the Final Fantasy guy. Uh, any of real them. descriptive. Uh, any no. of them. <laughs> see, see, you thought uh, you needed more info, but really you needed no more info because you knew the answer. Uh, d- okay. So, did you make any video games? Nope. Launch what? any consoles? Nope. Okay. Did you go to buy Akihabara and buy all the things? Uh, might have done. Oh, what'd you buy in Akihabara? Quite a lot of stuff, actually. Oh, oh tell us. Spoilers. Spoilers. No video games. Wait, did you not buy any video games? I bought one game. Okay. I techni- technically two. Okay. I'm not sure um, what that means. And one of them wasn't even in Akihabara, so... Okay. So let's start with the game you know you bought. That's uh, not... That would be a second-hand copy of SD Gundam G-Generation 3DS. Because it was ridiculously cheap. And it, you know, I 
wanted a, a G generation game for a console that I actually use because the last the the problem is with G generation overworld while it is the latest in the series is it's on the PSP. <laughs> um, What's wrong with and, it? Well, my PSP very rarely gets used these days. In fact, I haven't really used it in about three years or so. I don't think you would have just given it a reason to get used again. Yeah, that doesn't seem like yeah, a bad but, thing. Well, the thing is, is uh, it occasionally crops up for very cheap on um, uh, PSN sales. It is actually on PSN as a PSP classic title. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do have a Vita and a Japanese PSN account, so I'm just going to wait for it to appear on sale and then buy it from there. But you already have it on 3DS now, though. No, no, it, that's, it's actually a slightly different game. Oh, as in, okay. They released this one for the 3DS, and then they released uh, another one for the PSP, uh, I don't know, about a year later or something? I what don't do know. What do you do in this game? I'm watching trailers, and it's just cutscenes, and I have no idea what's going on. Uh, G-Generation is a strategy RPG. Okay. Um, so you... I, all I'm seeing are Gundams shooting giant beams of light out of guns and attacking others with light swords, you know? like Gundams yeah, do. Which is which is basically just how the battle scenes work. Okay. But otherwise it works like any other strategy RPG that you're probably already familiar with. Okay. You know, something like Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not quite so much. But... Yeah, just like Fire Emblem. You have to raise your relationship with your with your Gundam units and um <laughs> I, Well I don't interestingly know. dress um, them up. In, in the G in the G Generation series, you you buy both pilots and you buy units. Wait, you now, have to blow on them to cool their heat sinks. Oh fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> Try not to derail my conversation. Okay. <laughs> um, but you buy um, pilots and units separately, and um, you, the units actually uh there is a permadeath rule that applies to the units not the pilots they eject safely but um it it does mean that if you lose any of your like super special awesome units on any stage it any it and all of its levels are, are gone so um you have do have to be careful um i mean a lot of the appeal for it is the fact that it has a lot of gundams in it like from across the entire meta series uh, the way they usually advertise it is saying oh yeah we've got like 1000 plus gundams or something that's a lot of gundams i mean it's not really all gun you know it's not just gundams it's like any mecha from the gundam series so it's a lot exactly. of pilots to deal with yeah and a lot of characters so there's usually a good several hundred of them too i recognize that voice actor playing in the background Anna, there's like seven voice actors we've just gone through in like okay. four seconds. I well, recognize I mean, at least one of them because they're in Bleach. Okay. Yeah, I mean, given that the series basically runs as the sort of who's who of Japanese voice acting, yeah, that's not really surprising. <laughs> and there are a lot of, um, like, I don't know, they either, I don't know if they get the the surviving voice actors back in or they just reuse lines from other either other games or like voice clips from various series and whatnot but it does mean that they have since the the series goes back to 1979 means that there is a lot of voice actors past and present right in games that feature voice acting so speaking of voice actors past and present um we got a persona 5 trailer this week Igor's voice actor passed away. He did. 
So there is a completely new voice. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh. Should we? Well, I don't know. We'll cover that when we do trailers. Well, I yeah, guess. I've yes. got that all down in the in the show notes, and Anna is all spoiling things. Sorry. Come on. So, um, Alice, the other, I have a question. Um, what was your other game on. that you kind of bought? Uh, the deluxe package package for Fancy Star Online Two, Episode Four. Okay. Right. What does that mean? Uh, it's basically the the physical copy of the latest expansion pack for it. There's an animation version of Fantasy Star Online 2? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. That just showed up on my thing here. Okay. I also, I mean, I, I, I splashed out a little bit on Fantasy Star Online 2 in general, given that I've also got the art books for episodes 1, 2, and 3. Okay. Um, now, 1 and 2 are the same book. They're, they're, they're sort of both in the same big book. And then episode 3 is an entirely separate one. Um, there was actually another game that I got thinking about it. Um, this was another one of my secondhand purchases since that's where I found it. Uh, mm -hmm. But I found the premium set of the Super Robot Wars Alpha series. Um, now, I've had Super Robot Wars Alpha 3 for the PS2 for a very long time. It's one of the first games I remember importing, like way back in 2006 or so. Um, but uh, I've actually not played the other games in the Alpha series. So Alpha and Alpha Gaiden were on the PS1. And Alpha 2 was was an earlier game on the PS2. Uh, but So I now have all four of those games. So this is a PS2 collection you found? Uh, well, p two PS2 and two PlayStation. Oh, okay. So. Oh, I see, yeah. I'm, I'm just looking at it on PlayAsia. Yeah. I'm very much so. out of print. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it it fell out of print like years ago, so I'm I'm I just picked it up for the the rarity factor and the fact that it was cheap, like really so cheap. Amazon's selling it for eighty three dollars. Yeah, I got it for I don't know maybe eight dollars at the most. Oh my gosh, so that's pretty good. And that is why you shop in Book Off. In Book Off, okay. Yeah, you you not heard of Book Off? No, I'm, it's like I'm looking a chain. It up now. It's, a, it's, a, it's it's like a huge chain of secondhand. Yeah. Uh, secondhand shops. Um, I know them, of it, but there's none around me either. Um, Sounds like there's are, some in the U.S. too. Book off USA. Yeah, they're they're very West well Coast. known for their um like their books and manga shelves, but um most of the big ones also sell stuff like games. Um, where does one where find I, book off if you are in I think Tokyo? They're on the West Coast. No, in oh, Tokyo. Everywhere. Everywhere. In Tokyo, there's there's like a huge one in Akihabara, but there are at least I a couple more elsewhere. Didn't know in the where city. to look. Oh. Um, there's the, there's even a massive one in Sendai, which is where where I was staying for some of my trip. Um, and yeah, they're, they're really good for finding secondhand stuff. They do so. Uh, the one in Sendai and the one in Akihabara have. And they've got like uh, toys like and books, stuff. A, yeah, book section, a manga section, game section, even plastic raft Gundams. Yeah, they do old figures. You know, there's there's a lot to find in there. Uh, funnily enough, actually, I just I was reminded when I was reading a, a Let's Play, but uh, Persona Three actually has a shop in it called Book On. This is like a really, <laughs> this is like an ultra Goodwill. Huh. All right. If Goodwill was managed by people who cared, man, look at. This. Oh my gosh. 
the media section is huge. Yeah, um, when I was in Japan in 2005, Book Off was where I found the Final Fantasy soundtracks for really cheap. I can imagine. Wow. And in fact, I, I bought way more music CDs than I did video games this time around, so. Okay. On the list, Anna. Book yep. Off. <laughs> yep. Just go to Book Off, fill up a, brief, a suitcase, ship it back. Well, that was that was my way of bringing my stuff back. In the uh, when I flew out, I threw all of my clothes and stuff into a bag, and I put that bag inside another bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is how and I then, pack for E3, and he mm-hmm. makes fun of me every year for doing it because we don't get then, that much stuff. Actually, we do. And then every time we're like closing the suitcase, you're like, "Man, I'm glad you brought that extra bag." Yeah, because you get 85 plushies from Natsume. Uh... Yeah. Um, I basically did fill my uh, the larger bag uh, up, but most of that was taken up by model kits and stuff. Have you uh, built all your models yet? No, no, they take a while. I've if Persona's taught me anything, you just have to do that like I don't a couple know, nights in a row, four right? or five nights after seven p.m. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I normally try and do them in one go if I can. Okay. I'm not very good at that, but I try and try and do that. Just sit down. The, uh, the the largest kit that I have took me know, four days or something, but whatever. All right, so you're in Japan. You bought three video games, a bazillion Gundam models. Well, um, not a bazillion, but um, I bought several. Okay. Put it that way. I'll <laughs> put it that way. Okay, let's put it that way. Um, did you eat at any cafes where you pet cats while eating your food? No, I didn't go to the cat cafe. Okay. There's um, one with owls. And no, I didn't go to the owl other cafe birds. either. Okay. I did go. I only went to two special cafes, and I went to one of them did twice. Did you go to the uh, Mecca Theater? Um, the one where the food sucks, but they have a giant robotic show while you're, while you're eating? No. Okay. I went to the Gundam Cafe. Okay. So do you get? Do you have to succeed in a space battle before you can eat your appetizer? No, thankfully not. Oh. But uh, he's really right. disappointed about that. Um, and I also went to the uh, the Eorzea no, cafe. No, 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 twice. no, 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 no. How does a Gundam cafe work? Oh, it's just themed food and drinks. That's it. In a in a nice themed. Cafe. Are there Gundams in the Gundam cafe? Uh, yeah, there's a couple of is like the giant is the models. giant ha- head from um, that island whose name I can't remember. Odaiba. Yeah, is that any of that stuff from Odaiba in there? Um, no. Okay. Um, is anything there is actually, in there? <laughs> there? Hey, I just said there are several statues and a number of models. Okay. They're just not quite as big as you know one that's like four stories tall or something. Uh, there is actually a, a smaller Gundam cafe uh, at the location of um, Ono Diver at Diver City, Tokyo. Did you get the Jaburo coffee? No, I didn't. Okay. I tried the Charaznable cocktail, though. Okay. Or the Red the, the red Comet, as it was. All I'd have right. to pull it. Let me just pull the ingredients list for some of these, because... Because I, 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 I am. I do not drink alcohol. Did they it's... sell any Gundanium? Gundanium. <laughs> That's what Gundams are made of. Really? Uh, only in Gundam Wing. But, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> it, 
Let me just. I I I'm, I'm, I'm just looking. Every day. I'm, just, I'm just looking at my own Twitter list here. So. <laughs> let's look at the let's look at the food menu here. We have Tetsuhanadan rice. We have obstinacy and the pride, which what? is a dish. Oh, you've you've. Uh, this yeah. is their English translation, I believe. Oh really? Oh. Okay, so the red comet was creme oh, de no, cassis, let me show Campari, original. and yeah. soda. Would you like to translate this page? No. Okay. Now let's see if uh, I can do this. Did you get that? Say that again. Uh, creme de cassis, Campari, and soda. Okay. That doesn't mean um, anything to me. Okay. I would say the... Um, oh, yeah, that was auto-translated. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Obstin obstinacy and pride. <laughs> That's great. Um, my f I mean, my, the uh, problem is, is it sounds very accurate. My, um, my friend who came out with me had a um, the red zaku curry rice, which is like a, a, bowl, of, a bowl of rice um like covered in curry like completely covered in curry sauce but the the the, the rice pile is shaped in the shape of a zaku head What's a zaku? it's pretty cool a zaku is a type a, of gundam mana okay type of giant robot yes um there was another cocktail i had but i didn't put down on the thing here what it was actually what was actually in it <laughs> um, but yeah, the other theme cafe I went to was the Eorzea one, which is the Final Fantasy fourteen cafe, and I went to that one. I like that one nice enough that I went to that one twice. Okay. What were there um, were you served by Moogles? No, but they have a they have some Moogles in a in a like um there's this kind in of a cage? Cool Did they make them no. fight? Oh. There's this kind of cool looking diorama in the middle of the oh, cafe. I've got a picture a, of it right now. With yeah. the Moogles like kind of floating and flying around. Okay. So and there's, and there's like... one of them. One of them's boozing. Oh, good. <laughs> and it's, um, it's near PCs where it looks like you can actually play Final Fantasy XIV. Yep. They had a, they had PCs and a PS4 set up so that you could log in to play fourteen if you wanted to. Excellent. But um, basically, if you were there, if you had a reserved ticket um, and, and arrived at the start. Um, at the start of were... what? Um, there are like time slots because of how popular the place is. Oh, okay. um, they have like a time slot system, mm -hmm. um, so they've got like four time slots during the day. Um, if you if you come during at the start of the time slot with a reserve ticket, you get entered into this raffle mm -hmm. uh, thing, which I won second prize on, uh, oh, on the first time. What'd went. you get? Uh, so I got this kind of really cool piece of uh, gold saucer artwork. It's like a gold saucer poster thing um that's laminated to be like a dinner mat almost okay pretty cool so, so you didn't um, win the sword that they had on display or anything like that no okay no so I take explain to me so. if it's so popular that you have to only show up during a time slot how do you how would somebody then justify spending time playing 14 um well the time slot especially the last one's like three hours long so like, would you could you eat while you play, or are you supposed to keep that? No, separate? you're not meant. To, yeah, you're okay. not meant to take food over to the oh, okay. PCs. So. Okay. Um, but um, so let's just see. Uh, someone a drinker because the the full menu for the Aussie Cafe is on the Final Fantasy wiki. Um, so the first drink I tried was this one called Summoner, uh, Chardonnay concentrate, white wine, and soda. It was quite nice. Um, let's see. Ultima Weapon, Grenadine, Bowls Blue, and Parfait de Amour, and Soda. Uh, and then the second time I went, 
or which, what did you eat? Did you eat like the mandragora shaped thing? Did you meet? What did you eat? Uh, let's see. First time, um, I'm pretty sure I took some pictures of the food. Yeah, but I, I would eat... have to find them. Yeah, I took the, the three alliance, the three alliance ice cream for pudding. I remember that. Okay. Oh, I had this um this thing called Gilgamesh's escalope. Oh, that sounds dirty. Uh, it's rice with um, some battered meat with these little sword things sticking out of them to represent <laughs> Gilgamesh's weapons. Oh, yeah, I have a picture of that. Yeah. Yes. And the, there's the um, the sausage platter as well, which um, I actually oh. typoed that in my original tweet. That's meant to be the gladiator sausage platter, not the marauder. Okay. It's got a sword on it. Um, and a second time... Um, uh, jeez, lots of Gundam Museum stuff. <laughs> this is Alice scrolling through her Gundam Museum photos, of which there are about uh, seven thousand. And the rest of the trip, because I, I went to the, we went back to the Yosia Cafe on like the second last day that we were there. Mm -hmm. so this is after I came back to Tokyo to prepare for my flight home. Um, oh yeah, there we go. Uh, Hildebrand's drink. Uh, blueberry syrup, bleveled Wait, vodka, and you, ginger ale. They, they have potion bottles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my friend had one of those. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they are, they do actually serve them in a, in like a stock, a you know, a cork bottle. Yeah. Yeah, a cork bottle, like a potion. Do you drink out of the bottle or you pour it into a cup? Uh, I think he poured it into a glass. Okay. Uh, uh yeah, drink of Bahama, lemon syrup, black pineapple liqueur, and soda. Uh, and then I think I finished off with the strongest thing that I had, which was the Odin, which was blavered vodka, grape syrup, and tonic. Which did it instantly hit... kill you? Uh, it did hit me like a truck, yes. Okay, all right, good. That, that's mind, appropriately the named. Last, the last time I even touched alcohol was like 11 years ago. So it was called and... the Odin, not the Zantetsuken? Uh, no, but the drink comes with a, um, a sheathed katana drink stirrer. Okay, good. So, and the, the where's the description on the site? Um, yeah, a uh, drink created in the image of the Black Shroud's wandering ancient primal, Odin, a potent alcoholic drink complete with Zantetsuken. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and yeah, so I kind of bro I broke my no my normal no alcohol rule because some of the, the cocktails sounded like pretty cool to have. Um, and um, yeah, that one, that one. That one hit me pretty hard. You didn't sit in the then, booth next to the map of Eorzea, did you? Uh, no. Okay. I sat uh, on the other side to the entrance um, where I was next to some of the coaster designs painted onto actual stone, which was pretty cool. I found the booze and Moogle. Yeah, I took a picture of that. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I looked it up later. It turns out Blavod Vodka is actually English, and it's like 80 proof. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. So uh, yeah, oh, that was uh, I, I. I was I think I was swaying a little bit when I got back to the hotel. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> so, because I'm I must be a complete featherweight. Well, if you don't drink normally, absolutely. Yeah. So I don't. I definitely was not drunk. My friend told me that I was not drunk. So, but I was probably looking a little bit unstable so is everything exceedingly overpriced there at the cafe uh it's not bad 
um yeah, say it's probably there probably is like a slight markup on some of the dishes just because it's a themed cafe and people are going out of their way to get there so they can kind of jump prices on it charge um, whatever they want pretty much yeah. yeah, pretty much. Um, but they say me and my friend were happy to pay for it because we figure, you know, we're not exactly coming to back to Japan in a hurry. So why not sort of thing? Yeah, I'm just looking at the um, soft drink menu and the alcohol menu. I like one. There's a glass of alcohol and next to it is a white mage lifting up a staff. Like, I, don't worry, drink this and then I will raise you back to life. Um, yeah, the, the, there are actually two white mage drinks. There's... Oh. Um, Cure of White Mage, which is uh, Yogurito and Red Bull. Okay. Um, but there's also this really, really... This is something that we had with um, pudding. Um, but it was the Strawberry Milk of White Mage, which is just uh, strawberry syrup, milk, whipped cream with strawberry sauce. So it's non-alcoholic, but it was really, really nice. So do they have an English menu, or do you have to just kind of pick by picture? No, I had, I had, um, I had the... So the... Uh, say, the cafe there's a translation of the menu on the final fantasy wiki okay. and i just had that open on my phone okay um i mean um the all of the dishes are like they give um any people any obvious foreign looking people that they do give a like an english information sheet to mm. and the the like the the sheet that you give to the waitress with your order on it um is written in english okay um, but you, it, there's no detailed description of what's in the dishes that's available in English unless you actually look at the wiki. Mm -hmm. So a bit of a pain, but, you know. Um, one second, I'm just going to uh, just take my headphones off for a moment because I need to reconnect them to power. All right. Uh oh, okay. One sec. All right. We're losing her. We're losing her. Hannah. No! There we go. Okay. Um, yeah, so Hello. that was, I would say, we liked it enough that we basically put, um, we basically went again. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was a good way to kind of round the trip out. Who did you go so, with? So uh, the other person I went with is just a friend of mine um, that I know, uh, that, you know, just a personal friend of mine. Um, I wasn't able to convince David to come with me. Um, <laughs> and he had been saving to go to Japan for quite a while. Um, so we had so quite he a gave you all up. the money and you spent it on Gundams? No, Chris. Oh, okay. He paid for his own... He, he, he kind of arranged and paid for his own flights, but I was able to... Oh, we basically sort of... Um, timed it so that we would arrive shortly after each other and then stayed in the same hotel room to save on money during the first week. Okay. And then when I went up... Um, I went up to... Sendai, I booked a separate hotel, uh, effectively the Japanese equivalent of like a Holiday Inn or something. Um, and he just booked a, like a much cheaper room in the same hotel that we'd been staying in, but then used his uh, rail pass to go visit places like Kyoto and Hiroshima. And Hiroshima. Mm. Um, whereas I, I went, as you can see on my Twitter, I went to like some shrines and places around the Sendai area. And it's not a Japan trip unless you visit like seven shrines. That's how um, it works. And I also went and met up with my host family, who I lived with 11 years ago. So how did that go? Very well. They I like, was really, really. They, they remembered really, really, really you, right? Nice. Oh yeah, no, I've been in pseudo intermittent <laughs> you contact. You didn't show with... up like who are you? Who's this foreign? What? Go away. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so what happened with them was um, I ex I've, I've had access to their address for a while. The problem is I'd actually forgotten the postcode for a while, so mm -hmm. I wasn't able to send them post easily. Um, but I was able to get that, and I was able to send them some letters just to let them know how I was. Um, I explained everything to do with me coming out as transgender and oh, all of right, that right, stuff right. as well. Um, and you know they were they were they were fine. Yeah. Um, how was, does that go in Japan? Is that a common thing out there? Um, well, I think Jam um, Japan is uh, behind some other places that I could potentially quote. Um, mm -hmm. But well. at the same time, no matter what gender Alice is, she's six feet tall. That's oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good. Point. Thing is, I'm already. I'd already been used to sticking out like a massive sore thumb. So um, really, the I'd only thing was... you could do worse is cover yourself in tattoos. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, but I mean, I I explained it, and then what happened was I um I was finding some other way of contacting them. Um, the old email address that I had for uh, my host mother didn't work. She uh, closed the account or whatever a long time ago, and um. By chance, I went back to um, my house in my parents' place in Cornwall, mm -hmm. and I found a piece of paperwork um, from ages ago, from my original um, student exchange thing. Uh, it was the original piece of paper that told me who I was staying with and where it was located in the country. But uh, in another sort of major advantage was it had their phone number on it. And so I, I took a bit of a, a bit of a gamble. I mean, you know, I kind of gambled on them still living in the same property. And I dialed the number and I was able to speak to them again for the first time in something like a decade. You did that before you went? Yeah, I did that before I went. Okay. Um, so then I was able to get, I called them again um, a bit later and I was able to get um, like a, a contact email address that worked. Mm -hmm. And then I basically just arranged the rest of the trip by email. Hmm. Um, so that um, we timed it, I timed it very well because the day after um, I went and met up with my host family so I came up to Sendai um, I stayed the night in the hotel after walking around and find a place for dinner and that was that day was the day that I went and met them turned out the day after my host mother was going to go back to Tokyo to help one of her daughters move in to a new house with her Turkish husband so um if I if I had like mistimed it by like a day, I wouldn't have run into them. Right. Um, so it was. Uh, it was honestly, it's 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 very weird. Very weird seeing people that you haven't seen in like ten years. Again. I I have some but, questions for you, Alice. Go on. Where, where did? How, there's a picture here where they served you a grill with your meal. Ah, uh, you yeah. Had to grill was, your own meat. How does this yep. work, and where do I get one? Uh, so this was at um, this was on the site of Sendai Castle. Uh, only the only the walls really remain of Sendai Castle. Everything else was that's present on the site was um, either constructed at a later date or moved from elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, so in the one of the main buildings adjoining the museum, located on that site, was a, a traditional-looking restaurant, and. Um, it was one of those ones where you took your shoes off, you went and sat down at a low table. I ordered the Sendai beef, Sendai steak meal, whatever it was called. Mm -hmm. um, and they served it to me and I was like, hang on a sec, this meat's raw. And I realized that the other thing they brought over was this tiny little grill. And I was like, oh, I'm going to grill my own meat. It's like anime. 
You see that in like was, Naruto and stuff all the time where you're grilling your meat at the table. It was honestly one of the nicest meals that I had while I was out there. Well, unless you screw up the grilling. Yeah, which I didn't. It's all on you. Okay. Yeah, but it was it was really, really nice. And then like, I, I see really that you bought a plushie with a dog with a pipe in his mouth. What? Yeah, that's re that's repeat from Tales of Vesperia. Yeah, Anna. Did you not see this? Um, I saw it, but I had no frame of reference. Did I watch you play Tales of Vesperia? No. This okay. is Alice played this, but this is the dog with the pipe in its mouth because he's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Also has um, a chain. I don't know why. I, I bought that because um, we found it in Kotobuki's Akihabara shop, and I relayed that to a friend of mine in England whose favorite Tales game is Tales of Vesperia, and he was like, buy it. I'll just send you all of the money. <laughs> So that was one of the things taking up space in my suitcase that I brought back. But I'll be giving it to him when I'm when we uh, see next see each other. So, um, yeah. All right. So Japan's cool. What? Yeah, what, is, what, what does one play while flying to and from Japan? Um, sleep. <laughs> I can't sleep on planes. I'm very bad at it, especially on the trip out when I was in standard economy. Standard economy and six foot two people do not oh, mix you well. Oh, you did. You. Oh, I'm so sorry. Hey, I flew. Uh, I, I, I flew like economy plus or economy premium on the way back, and that was a lot more pleasant. Yeah, I can imagine. To the extent, well, to the extent where um, on the flight out, I was looking for things to occupy my time, which meant that I ended up watching both of the most recent uh, Daniel Craig James Bond movies and Star Wars Episode Seven. Okay. Just just the past time because right. I was that desperate. That's not so bad. Um, on the way back, I don't actually recall falling asleep, although I do just kind of like, you know, put my head back and like sort of lie down for a while. But mm -hmm. before I kind of knew it, I'd already shaved off like seven or eight hours of flight. I didn't even watch any films on the way back. Um, okay. The only thing I did do was I did roll credits on Digimon Cyber Sleuth. Hey! Because I was practically at the end anyway. I had like the last dungeon to go. So I thought I might as well just finish it off and roll credits. Because I got time. All right. So overall, so, that game, yay, nay? Oh, very yay. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, very good. Um, PS Vita RPG. Um, yeah. If you're a Digimon fan, you will probably like it. And I've been putting links in the chat for you. Yeah, about places okay. that we're going to eat when we go to Japan. No, this last one is just where we're going to go. It's some Namco-run store that has cats all over it. I don't know okay. how that it's run. It's actually run... Uh, oh, that one. Um, that's uh, in the... It's basically down the corridor from the Pokemon Mega Store in Ikebukuro. Oh, perfect. Um, I've been so to the Pokemon there's... Mega Store. Do they what, still the just in... play... Do they, Yeah, do they still just endlessly play... Um, uh, Pokemon, <laughs> Pokemon Center music while you're in there. No. Oh, okay. They play the opening themes from the anime, I think. Oh, really? I think okay. they do. All right. Hey, it's what it sounded like. Oh, this is the one in Tokyo, right? Yeah, the one okay. in Ikebukuro. Yeah. It was great because I, I found that one by chance by just looking out the window during the train stops and like and being like, I need to come back to this stop because I see Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, um, we knew it was around somewhere, so we looked up the address. Yeah, and uh, made it a, a, a stopping point on our round sort of round trip that we did on the Saturday before I went up to Sendai. Mm. 
Um, so yeah, that was that was pretty fun. <laughs> I didn't buy anything actually. I didn't buy anything in the Pokemon Center. I didn't. There wasn't anything specifically that I was looking for. When I was there, um, I bought a Pro controller because they didn't. Well, it was they had the newer style Pro controller at the time for the Wii that we didn't right. get yet. The um the only thing that happened when I went to the Pokemon Center was it melted my Street Pass. Oh no! <laughs> uh, like I got so many Street Passes from going by Kibukuro. Mm -hmm. Um, I also got the Eon ticket for. Omega Ruby and Yeah, Alpha that'll Sapphire. do that. <laughs> I got that really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah. All right. You had a good trip. Yes. Yeah, it was a good trip, just very expensive. Yeah, yeah, that's how that works. Um, my yep. wallet hurts so much. Yeah. <laughs> I am right. I seriously, I'm actually close to maximum value on a three thousand pound credit card. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. <sighs> Send donations to <laughs> Yeah. Well, Patreon.com slash Alice's Gundam collection. <laughs> I have been I have been playing some other things in the intervening week. Oh, okay. Hit us um, with them. I'll leave Overwatch because I think other people were going to talk about it. Um, uh, but... No. No, uh, Jonathan uh. might. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I have. Uh, since I did pick up some stuff for Fantasy Star Online 2, I went back to playing Fantasy Star Online 2. In Japanese? Of course. Yeah, because it's not available in English. Well, nope. there's a giant fan done English translation. Yes. yes. So there's a there's a sort of so the fan translations a bit at the moment is a bit um sketchy. Uh, incomplete in some oh, areas. Okay. Cuz there was in a the, big expansion, right? Well, because there's been like two huge expansions or whatever of content and the translation simply hasn't kept up. Hmm. Um so um I don't know, it's kind of when when episode 4 came out, um it actually has it now that when you log into a character, you can choose to either start the game in episodes one through three or start the game in episode four because um, it changes some of the storyline progression, uh, the way that some of the storyline progression mechanics work from the previous episodes. You can still go back and do the old story. You just have to click the other button when you log in. Um, and that was something I never did. I play. I put how many, I think over 100 hours into Fancy Starline 2, and I barely touched the storyline, which was a bit probably a bit stupid on my behalf. But mm. there you go. Um, the other thing they did was they removed the somewhat obnoxious requirement on having stuff at level 30 to unlock other stuff. You can now just play with them from the start. I actually created a new character, um, and I was pretty pleased when my favorite character class I could just be from the start rather than having to level something else to level 30. Yay! Um, so you don't have to have... Um, there is... Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the standard fighter class. Um, there were three advanced classes. It was like Tekka, Fighter, and Gunner. I played as Gunner, but you needed Ranger at level 30 originally in order to unlock it, and that's gone now. Um, they've added, I think, three new character classes as well. There's Bouncer, Braver, and Summoner. So they've, they've actually added a pet class in Episode 4, mm. um, if that's your thing. So explain uh, how Episode 4 works for me for a second. Is it its own content? Is it an extension of content that was it, started no, in 1 through 3? Or I think the, the, the thing, the overall game mechanics don't change. 
Um, they, but I think in episode four, you encounter drops that use a new uh, level up system for weapons. And um, the way the story progresses is slightly different. Okay. It's kind of, it's, it's similar to how it worked in episodes one through three. And I think you encounter slightly different, you encounter different characters because the status quo has changed slightly since the end of episode three. Um, but that's, as far as I can tell, that's about it so far. Uh, the only problem at the moment that I find is the game is ha was having a um, like a big bonus EXP, bonus drop rate, bonus everything event for Golden Week, which has just happened. Uh, but they felt the need to change all of the lobby music to the Samba de Amigo theme. So that's, that explains this Reddit thread I'm seeing, which, how do you explain the change the annoying lobby music that has playing all the time recently? Yeah. <laughs> Someone wants to patch that out. Yeah, it's it's a little bit annoying. Um, however, <laughs> what, they, what, what I have noticed is they have increased the number of live concerts that happen. I mean, Christ. I think there have been four different ones or something so far. Like, it is it's live Sorry, concerts so these are bands playing well no i say live concert what i mean is just concerts um but they they happen at, at certain periods and then um certain characters get on stage and then start singing j-pop um but well i mean because sega owns the game rights to hatsune miku means that they can have hatsune miku appear in fancy star online too Okay, so that's kind of cool. Two of the concerts are Hatsune Miku concerts. Okay. So, um, there is another one done by one of the like the in-universe characters, um, and that always seems to preclude one of the ship-wide emergency quests from happening by about five minutes. Um, <laughs> but I, th I think that one was actually justified in the storyline, so... She basically Where? holds hold, she holds a hot concert which gets everyone together so that when big shit goes down everyone's like already available. That it's, actually makes sense. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? So, yeah, that's pretty cool. That happened that happened just earlier today. <laughs> they go on like some kind of like odd rotor system or something. I don't know if they're scheduled or not or whatever. We should, I, we should sync up and you can um I have to figure out how to get an account, and then you can drag me through some PSO2 content. Um, my recommendation would be uh, generate a character on ship two. Uh, there are ten ships, which basically are servers. Mm -hmm. uh, ship two has got the highest concentration of English-speaking people. Yeah. Um, you can you can definitely tell that because during peak Japanese times, uh, server two is like the only one that doesn't go into congested status. Ah. Uh... I think I think almost everybody else avoids the th avoids the ship like the plague. So, um, but yeah, it does mean that basically block one on ship two is just full of English people, or English speaking people, should say, and some probably some unlucky Japanese people that happen to stumble across the place. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, server transfers cost money, so I I do have a character on ship one, but as mentioned, I started a new character on ship two. And it's not actually taken me that long to get, like, past <laughs> where my original character was. So, yeah. And the other thing I've been playing is EVE Online. Woohoo. 
Yay. I'm being told in another thread about the horrible Samba de Amigo music that it's probably going to go away on May 11th. Okay, so next week. Yeah. I can deal with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, Chris, are you going to ask a usual question? Alice Wilkinson, did you deliver any missiles this week? Yes. Oh, hey! Oh, yes! <laughs> tell us, tell us more. Well, I think I mentioned before I left for Japan that I, sh- I, sh- I moved corporations over to um, one of the corporation or one of the, the alliances that's currently fighting in the big war that's going on at the uh-huh. moment. Oh, that's still um, happening. Yeah, so um, my tally of ship kills this week has mostly just been um, shooting people off the undock and um, it responding to emergency requests from some of the newer people in the corporation. So, yeah. Uh, it has actually given me some 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 good PvP combat. Alright, so what got you back into EVE? Um, well, if you remember, I never really stopped. Okay. I've been playing Skill Q online for quite a while. Uh skill queue but, online i thought they just put out an expansion they did put out a new expansion but i uh, the thing about um so the expansion is eve citadels mm-hmm. um tagline build your dreams wreck their dreams it's a really good trailer um i i'll have to link it for you um so the citadels are designed to replace the um, the very old player-owned star bases mechanic that's been in the game practically since launch, which is a massive mess of legacy code and old buggy stuff that none of the developers really want to touch anymore. So the idea is that they're bringing in this citadels, um, these these deployable structures called citadels, in order to replace all that. So to replace that, what again? I'm sorry. Um, so the different there, there, there. At the moment, there are these things called player-owned star bases. Oh yeah, yeah. Your, yeah, which are just referred to as sticks normally because of how they look. <laughs> okay. Um, and there are also these outposts, which are basically deployable stations. Okay. That people are fighting over. Um, the idea, I think, the general idea with citadels is eventually they will replace both player-owned star bases and outposts. And the thing about citadels is they can be shot and they can be destroyed. Okay. Um, so they do have like invulnerability windows, um, but they, um, yeah, say they can be they can be shot at, they can be blown up, um, they cost a fair a bit fair bit to anchor. Um, I haven't actually really used one. I'm not sure if we're planning on deploying one in this region of space or not. Um, but there are already several medium-sized ones deployed in high sec that have survived so far. Several have been destroyed already as well. Oh, all right. How expensive are um, these things? I'm just checking the. Is it Keep uh, Keep Star? I think it's no Astra House. Astra House. I'm just checking the killboards. Yo, you think one of them was killed recently? Yeah, well, recently enough for its uh, for its mail to still be there. Oh yeah, there's, there's actually been a lot. Um, there have been forty three destroyed so far. Wow. This has only been around for like a week. Um, <laughs> the value of this one, um, so the most recent one destroyed, was destroyed in wormhole space, 
that's one of the things about them is they can be deployed in wormholes. Um, outposts require uh, sovereignty, which can't be can't be established in wormhole systems, whereas these can be deployed basically anywhere. Um, this one was three point one billion esque. How much uh, real money the, is that? Uh, three point one bill current prices is forty seven dollars. Um, and then there's the next one, which is the Keepstar. I don't know if any of those have been destroyed yet. Oh, no, Keepstar is the extra large one. None of those have been deployed yet. Because <laughs> um, each of them has, like, a slightly different... Um, uh, have different build times, different anchoring times. Uh, the first Keepstar will probably generate a few wave waves just because of how much it costs to deploy one. How much does um, it cost to deploy one? Uh, it's more expensive, put it that way. Okay, then. Then the last one, according to this, the last one were up on the market for 700 billion. I think that's 700, one, two, three, four. Yeah, well, there's nine zeros after. Actually. So yeah, that's like $450? Uh, more than that, I think. Okay. Take, take the value of a Titan, which is worth roughly... Uh, 100 billion and multiply it by seven. So I'm just checking that now. Uh, da, 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 Titan, Titan, Titan. Are fun. Yeah, yeah, they are. No, I'm, um, I'm actually sincerely interested in the price structure. So that's why I've been asking. Ship hanger. Where's the actual ship on this one? This guy, God, this guy lost a lot. Oh, it doesn't give you any exact. Well, basically, put it this way 143 billion isk is. So that's what? Uh, about a quarter. Uh, that's worth two thousand two hundred and seventy-eight dollars. Wow. So, yeah. I just can't remember the name of the. Um, I can't remember the name of the middle citadel. Uh -huh. There's because there's three sizes. There's the Astra Ast Astrahus. Um, there is the Keepstar. So the Astrohus is the medium one. The Keepstar is the extra large one. I can't remember the name of the... Oh, that was it. Fortazar was the large one. Okay. Have, any, have any of these been killed? God. No. All right. There is, there is one deployed somewhere. Where do, you, where do you find this info so quickly? Uh, because I'm looking at zkillboard.com, which is a, a, a publicly available EVE killboard. Okay. Um, there is one deployed in J115405, if anyone wants to go and find it. Um, <laughs> it killed a broadsword. Um, let's see, when did it kill it? What date is that? It killed a broadsword yesterday. Oh, wow. Um, and, yeah, so the only thing on that kill mail for that broadsword is a Fortazar Citadel, and that's the only thing listed for Fortazars so far. So there is one deployed somewhere. And it killed something. But that's it. None of them have been destroyed yet. If there have been any more anchored, I don't know where they are. Okay. So, yeah. All right. I think I'm done. That was a lot of talking <laughs> for me. Yeah. Oh, so, wait. You've been deploying missiles to whom? Uh... Members of the CFC, mostly. Okay. That's the goon swarm thing? Yeah. Okay. That's the one with the swear in the name. 
Oh, right. All right. And there's a big old sale going on, but only if you are making a new character in Steam, so it doesn't apply to us. Um, would yeah. apply to me. Oh, okay. Do so you want to play spreadsheets, Jonathan? Hey, that's what I was doing at work. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> you, can, you can play for free this weekend. Uh, but only with a new account through Steam, it looks like. So. Okay. Nah, it doesn't, doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's kind of surprising what they give. Um, I, I know level one character, like, or, you know, starting characters, I think, have a lot more skill points now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is possible to just jump into, jump and become hero tackle. Hero tackle. All right. Yep. Yeah, all you got to do is pin someone down long enough for other people to shoot at them. <laughs> I mean, hey, being that's enough to get on the kill now. Okay. So, I mean, sure, a lot of hero tackle will die in the process, but, you know, it's the fault that counts. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, these citadels look neat. And they have yeah, weapons. The, citadel, the actual citadel artwork is really cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, I've, and I've seen a keep star on, on the test server. Um, they are huge. They are several times the size of Titans. Because they they're designed for places that Titan Titans can actually dock at them. Bearing in mind, Titans can't dock in anything else. Mm, okay. So. How do you uh, get into your Titan then? Uh, the same way you wouldn't uh, uh, would any other ship at a station. But you can't dock it. So you how can, do you get out of it? You moor it at the station, oh. and that allows you to get out. Oh, so I mean, okay. you can eject from your ship at any point you like. That just does it. May uh, someone else may just hop into it while, while you're not right. looking. Yeah, that would be not good. <laughs> so. Oh, funny. I still think Eve needs a concept of crew. But well, whatever. I think it would add a, like another layer of complexity to a game that's already the size complicated. of these ships. Like the idea that there aren't other people on them besides you. There are other people on them. All of the game's lore establishes that, with the exception of frigates, all ships do have crews on them. Mm -hmm. um, I think someone who's somewhere paying has actually... them and what are their motivations? And they, it's just kind of well, glossed I mean, someone, over completely. Some... Well, that's mostly because the way the lore is set up is that the people piloting, or you know, the people in control of the pods that are then plugged into the ships that control them, are uh, don't give a shit. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, really, they don't. They're uh, capsuleers in EVE Online's lore are like a, a, you know, like a billionth fraction of the total population. Um, and they're basically superhumans because they can die and be cloned. Mm -hmm. That's how the, because that's how the death mechanic works. Right. Um, they, the, the, the way the lore establishes things is that capsuleers don't care about crews because they consider most of them will consider them beneath them. Um, the way the economy is set up, and this is mentioned in a couple of Law Chronicles, is like tiny fractions of player wealth would be sufficient for numerous people to retire from like a young age on some backwater planet, you know, for their like entire family or something. And apparently, life insurance policies are very good. Okay. 
someone somewhere did actually calculate the uh i know people have done isk loss analysis for the the like the really big battles but i think some people somewhere have done like napkin math on how many crew actually died oh. in those battles it's measured in millions oh jeez easily <laughs> so oh man all right eve folks <sighs> All right, so what have I been playing, Anna? Let's see. Um, I got a yeah. All right, so I I dumped I jumped into Dark Souls three finally. Yes, that's what we did last week. And I that. died a lot, and you can see that. Well, oh no, I forgot to move the archive over, so it's probably gone. Shoot. Well, I guess you can't see that then. <laughs> uh, you could have seen that. Uh, we streamed it live. Um, I died a lot. I found out that I'm not up to the task of fighting, I guess it would be the second boss in that game, yet, and I feel like I don't know what I'm missing, but uh, yeah, I guess I talent? need to. Yeah, maybe talent, maybe some levels, maybe I just need to wander around some and explore that first area more, but uh, yeah, the giant dog, he's, he's mean. I found a lady in a church, talked to her, kind of got my mission and uh yeah so a couple hours of that and that's all i've done so far um having blown through dark souls one and two i just i'm not feeling the need to immerse myself in that right now and i don't know what's up with that but maybe i'll get back into it um ratchet and clank continues to be awesome and it looks beautiful and you should play it um, sounds like you should play it instead of watching the movie sounds like it's much better than the movie <laughs> <laughs> so uh and let's see some hearthstone stuff's going on they uh, released a new old gods expansion so i've been having fun um playing against decks where people try to summon Cthulhu and and stuff like that Cthulhu's um, effect is kind of amazing though it is although um, i think on everyone that i've seen you like be stream playing it and stuff playing the game you playing that card usually kills them kills them yeah oh that seems backwards I mean, isn't that the one that casts a spell for every spell that's being cast in the game? No, uh, Cthulhu is the one who all the minions buff up, no matter where oh, he is in your yeah, deck. So I'm, I'm and sorry, then you bring I'm him out, of, and it usually means I'm, you win. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of Yogi. Yogg-Saron. Okay, because you, you spend yeah, the whole sorry. time buffing him up to like 24 damage, and then you bring him out, and he does his damage split among all the enemies. And then, you know, he also still has all that damage to follow up with. So, yeah. yeah, he'll clear a board at least and maybe clear your opponent as well. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I was getting confused between... I was getting my old gods confused. It's okay. There's, there's four of them, right? In there? Or three? I don't know how many are in there. And... Yeah. Oh, I started playing Vainglory on my iPad. So that is a MOBA. And it's really well done and totally playable on the iPad, and I'm kind of shocked at how well done it is. Um, free to play. Um, if you are, have the urge, if, if, say, you're like us and you like Heroes of the Storm and you're away from your PC and you're like, man, I kind of want that feeling, um, and I'd settle for something close to it, like Vainglory is totally that. So you can do that except of course it's it's a more traditional moba so last hits matter and you have to buy stuff out of the shop and waste time doing that between deaths and whatever but you know everything can't be heroes of the storm i guess 
And, um, oh, Anna, mm-hmm. we started playing a new game on our iPads called Star Billions. Yeah. And this is like a choose your own adventure book kind of thing. Yeah, it's got so, the it's got the interrupting your day sort of thing going on, like the game Lifeline. But so, it's less creepy. Much less creepy. So here's the thing is you are in contact with a ship called the Little Brother, and all of humanity is living on the Big Brother. So the Little Brother has been sent out with four AIs, and each of them have a different job and personality. Um and so you are presented with dilemmas and have to choose an AI to solve it. So, for example, I was shown a planet that the, the people native to it really wanted humans to settle down on it. But the atmosphere was completely inappropriate for humans. And so I had to pick one of the AIs to tell them nicely but firmly that the humans weren't going to move there. And so have you run into that, Chris? Yeah. I picked Ein. Mm-hmm. I and picked Sarge. He he booted up his um he booted up an emotional program that I forget the name of now, but it was very cute. I think it was called the Sympathy Program. Mm-hmm. You and you so I picked like the the cold intelligence to tell them no. And Chris picked the guy who would shoot first and ask questions later to tell them no. So we, I assume, got a very different reaction from them, even right. though the end result was the same. Yeah, the end result seems to be the same. So it's it's just kind of a fun little thing. Um, it, it's a story that the more spoiling the story kind of ruins it, since the story is all there is, and like your choices kind of influence how you get between the story points, and then the main story points seem to be identical so far. Um, and it, it sounds like there's going to be a season two to that game, but I don't know when. Um, well, you can buy it now. Oh, it's in okay. the game. All right. I think season three is in there too. I didn't see that. You have to go to the shop. Ah. It offers you T-shirts first, so it's oh, okay. a little complicated to. That's weird. Find where the new seasons are, but yeah, um, it's very interesting. I like it. It's fun, and the cool thing is, is even though there's a cooldown timer, like say there's an hour and a half between missions, you can actually play little tappy mini games. And as you do the, as you successfully progress through these tappy mini games, they knock time off of the timer. So, for example, there's one where your ship is on the left and there are asteroids falling on the right, and every time you shoot an asteroid, you get X amount of time off the clock. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go. we've been playing that. Yep, we've been playing that. And is what it, else you've been playing, Anna? Um, I've been playing Gems of War which I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago. It's a free-to-play puzzle quest on PS4 that we were complaining we couldn't get our PS Plus pack from. Well, we finally got our PS Plus pack. And, yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's literally a free-to-play puzzle quest. If you like puzzle quest, try it out, because it's free. And (laughs) I've been playing a ton of Bravely Second. That's a lot of Bravely Second. Did you see the way that I put it on the sheet? No, I don't see it on the sheet. There. Bravely. (laughs) So I have like 70 hours in this game right now or something like that. I'm level 91. I have a lot of jobs. Uh, Level 10. So I think I'm close to the end. Maybe. 
because last night I unlocked the final job. So that was really exciting. And there's, there's cool stuff. And the thing that I realized is they basically reuse everything from the original game, but I don't care because they do it so well. So, like, one of the things they do is introduce a new summoning class. And the summons that you have to go and find and retrieve are all of the bad guys, all of the big boss things that used to come down and harass your street pass village. So that was really cool to see. And I'm stuck on one of them at the moment. <sighs> So my party um, tends to be one person with quad wield. So they have a, a right hand, a left hand, and a head and a body all equipped with weapons. It's too many weapons. <laughs> it's too many. And they're always a physical class. I've kind of been rotating through all of them so that I can like merge together different abilities and stuff. Um, and then I usually have someone as a ranged damage of some sort, because there's actually enough of those classes to go around. And then I have one person who's always a magic caster, and then I have one person who kind of fills whatever roles need to be done for that particular battle. Sometimes it's new class, sometimes it's an old class, sometimes it's support, sometimes it's attack, etc., etc. So yeah, that's what I've been playing. That's pretty good. And I really haven't been playing anything else considering how much time I've been putting into this game. <laughs> We're going to have to talk about the, the June-July dilemma at some point. Okay. Probably at the end of the month. There's a lot of games coming out in June and July. I don't know how I'm uh -oh. going to get to them all. Anyways. That leaves Jonathan. You guys should talk about Overwatch. Well, uh oh Um... Okay, before we get to Overwatch, then, <laughs> uh oh, I haven't played it that much. I played it for about three hours last night. Probably gonna play it more this weekend though. I uh, uh, let's see, Banner Saga two. I've been playing some, not as much as I should or actually really want to. Um, for those who are fans of the first one, this one has more varied battles, uh, different uh, objectives, and it carries on right after the first. So if you enjoyed the story in the game, this is. More good stuff with some... Is it still um, exceedingly depressing? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it starts off really kind of dark and somber, too, because of the events in the first How game, could so. it be more dark and somber than... <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, man. This game's um, heavy. <laughs> so, and I have an interview that I have uh, with Arnie Jorgensen, the uh, artist, and I need to post it, so it's... I've had some life events happen that kind of set me back on my progress, but I need to get that up soon, and uh, so our readers can check it out. So be looking for a, uh, an interview with uh, Arnie from Stoic here soon. Sweet. And uh, still playing Fireman Fates every now and then. I get sucked into doing some of the you know side battles and DLC. I'm still doing Birthright, but I'm pretty close to the end. But I haven't been very. Um, I don't play it every night, so. It's mm -hmm. been off and on. Yeah, I'm I having did. trouble getting myself interested to finish more of those games. I, I wish the story was better. Yeah. Uh, I play it because of the gameplay and building up my you know, my characters and develop, developing them. 
Mm-hmm. And I finally got all my marriages. I think I still have one marriage I need to get finished. So I, I did all the. Actually, a lot of what I've been doing is the the battles to get the kids. So oh. I, that's been uh, taking a chunk of my time. But I just don't feel as compelled to play because the story is just blah. Is it you know? So besides that, that doesn't drive me on. Of, hey, what's next? What's next? So it's just more of a, just for the gameplay at this point. Um, so. Enough's been said about that game already. Uh, yeah. I did yeah. start playing Crusader Kings 2, which I've. I think Alice plays it, right? Crusader Kings, yeah. Maybe take a bathroom did break. Did Alice dis- disappear? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I. I know play... Alice is playing other Paradox games like that, and I think uh, is just starting on Stellaris, so. I don't think it's out yet, is it? Oh, well, next week then. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one too. Um. I'm pretty sure I've seen Crusader Kings pop up on uh, Ale- Mecha Alice playing Steam Crusader Kings 2 alert, you know, whenever I'm on Steam. So um, I it's one of those games that's dangerous for me, similar to like what happens with me with Civ and, and games such as that. And actually, it reminds me a whole lot of the old Genghis Khan and Koei games back from the 16-bit era days. Mm-hmm. But a you know empire building game or not even empire but like a dynasty game where you you manage and rule a medieval country or uh, duchy or you know whatever and you make you know political decisions and you have heirs and you give land out and you you go to war if you want and so all, all that kind of good stuff but it's, it's it's like that one more turn type thing but it's not turns it's uh it's uh, real time that you can pause and make mm-hmm. uh, more extensive decisions, but it really sucks me in. And I think I played it about eight or ten hours, like in one and a half sittings last weekend. So, is that the one where all... somebody glitched the game and got a horse in charge of their country? Probably. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. There's all kind of crazy stories with that game. Okay. And you can just, you know, you can, it's not like, you can really lose it all up. And you know, you're, you had a king and he couldn't get married or you couldn't marry him off and he has no heirs. And I think you can move on to someone else, but you can get it to where you kind of lose or you, your line just goes to shit. Uh, no heirs, gets sick early, dies, and that's it. So I think that's kind of stuff can happen. Um, I haven't really explored a lot of what the game... I, I, even though i played that many hours, there's so much more you can do and so many different uh, you know, storylines you can take and different areas of the map you can start out with. So it's basically all of Western Asia, Northern Africa, um, and all of Europe. So there's so many different little starting areas with... You know, you can start low. You can start as a you know an emperor or a king or a, a duke... Uh, so there's a whole bunch of different uh, levels and setups you can have. You, you control, you know, a couple little territories, or you control 20 or 30, you know. So it's uh, one of those games where it's a ton of replayability and a ton of ton of hour, big hour sync. So that's basically uh, what I've been playing lately. We haven't had a, I haven't been on a podcast in a while, so some of my played stuff is getting blurred, but. I guess we can get the Overwatch. It's uh, it you know it's an arena shooter, so people who 
play Team Fortress 2 or love Team Fortress 2, you're probably already aware of this game, and you're probably already aware the gameplay is similar. There's already aimbots. Oh, I'm not surprised. That's crazy. And um, it's you. I think there's about 15, 20 different characters you can pick from, with each playing significantly different than one another. So there is a lot of uh, variety in which character you play and how you actually approach the game, from from what I can tell. And you have like a defense classes, attack classes, tank classes, and like utility classes. So like a healer and such. And you, there's all kind of different, you know, there's a bow and arrow guy, a ninja guy that throws ninja stars, a rocket launcher character, um, you know, big guys with a chain that grabs a guy and pulls it towards them. So it's just, you know, guys that set up turrets. There's a whole bunch of different, uh, different types of characters. So uh, if you want depth in that regard and variety in different classes, so th- think of Team Fortress with a, with a bunch more options to choose from. So that I like. Um, there's a arcadey feeling, quick moving arena kind of shooters. Haven't been my cup of tea, if you will. Uh, you know, I prefer kind of the more the, some of the realistic style shooters that you know, a couple bullets and you're dead instead of you know, all these specials and you, you get all these special moves and stuff. Which I I don't know. I, I usually prefer the other ones bet more, but this one I did enjoy. I didn't like Team Fortress 3 very much, but I'm. The brief time I played with Overwatch, you know, three four hours now, I did enjoy more than my, any time I've had with Team Fortress 2. So that says anything. I think it's going to be a really popular game. Uh, the guy who Twitch streams that I, that I play with is, you know, getting hundreds of viewers just because we're on Overwatch. So it, there's a lot of interest in the game. Uh, a lot of people playing it. I think it's free. Uh, it's free beta weekend right now. Yes, it is. Yeah, so I like all can... the platforms too. Yep. So if you guys are gonna play it all, let me know. I'll, I'll be around, probably playing it some off and on tonight. Are you playing on tomorrow. PC? Yeah. Yeah. Do they PC. separate via platform or? I like think do... so. Okay. I know that's I... yeah, you know, it's more open now than it used to be, but I don't know that Overwatch is taking advantage of that. I don't. I don't think it has, and I'm not sure if that's been fully implemented yet. It's more of like in the works, as far oh, okay. as I know now. But I, I could be very wrong. I, I just I'm aware of that, but I don't know a lot of the details. But I haven't heard anything about this being cross-platform yet. Okie dokie. Don't take my word for it. <laughs> but um, you don't have to take my word for it. Nope. So that's. I mean, there's not much more to say about Overwatch. It's kind of. You know, it, Blizzard does what Blizzard does. They they take popular type games and do uh, a polish, you know, the Blizzard polish on them. And then um, I guess Diablo is the only exception, but, you know, they, they do that and they make a, a really fun, balanced game for the most part. Uh, I can see balancing issues being an issue in this game at times. Uh, there's definitely, at least for my point of view, some characters that seemed really easy to play some characters that seemed really hard to play some characters i found fun and some like i just didn't care for at all so obviously that's gonna be you know personal preference as well but i think there will there is some that are generally agreed to be easier uh to pick up and play and maybe more immediately powerful and some that aren't near as good so i think you may have a uh monthly or you know, every couple months, balancing patches, you know, similar to... I will to... say, they do a really good job of 
regularly balancing stuff in Heroes of the Storm. So yep. I would not be surprised to see sort of a regular rotation of, hey, we looked at the assassins and this is what we did to three of them. And hey, this week we looked at all of our warriors and this is how we've adjusted yep. them. Oh, it does not. Uh, that You know, they do the same thing with WoW with their classes too. So I didn't surprise you. But sometimes it's a... It's a constant battle. You nerf this, well, now this is too powerful. You nerf them, now that's too powerful. So it's, you know, kind of almost like a circular thing. They have to keep chasing. And yep. if you make something yep. too balanced, you take away the variety, you know? So. Oh, yeah, totally. And I actually appreciate how well they kind of stay on top of it for Heroes of the Storm. Um, mm -hmm. Just because having a character that's super overpowered kind of is a bummer because you play against them and it's like oh well i guess i'll just leave this lane because i'm never going to be able to lane against them <laughs> yeah or you know wow okay this you know fighting the hunter in pvp is usually pretty op and they just wreck or certain you know arena uh, configurations of, of guys that are they're just really hard to stop so yeah there's it's it's hard. It's tough. I know it's tough to balance and also have unique characters and variety with you know rewards different play styles. So it's uh, one of the hardest things that I imagine they have to try to conquer and, and keep up to date with. So, but uh, I think that's it for me. Oh, and uh, for those any of those who've uh, seen our uh, Arcadian Atlas, I think their Kickstarter is winding down this weekend, and yep. They they need a That's the raccoon one? Yeah, yeah the they raccoonator. The raccoon probably not going to make it. Oh. They're about two-thirds of the way there. They did get uh, help from Ken Levine. Or Levine Ken Levine, yeah. Levine. Nice. How they, they have Bioshock Infinite uh, cameos in the game now. So a couple of the characters. And he kind of tweeted for them and stuff. So that's pretty cool. But I think they're about... I think they're just a little over two-thirds of the way through. So they're going to have to need a, a bit, either a big donor or a big you know last day push but i think they're about day day and a half uh, away from finishing so i hope they do it because it looks really cool it looks awesome I, I really, yep i really want to play it's just hard to, to capture that i think for i guess for a, a non-established you know de uh, developer it's it's hard to really get well you know, and i mean it's something thousand. that i pointed out when they started the campaign the dilemma that we've had is through the start of this year, we've already had like three or four, you know, Final Fantasy Tactics S Kickstarters all come through. And so there gets to a point where the bigger sites aren't going to want to cover it because it's yet another TRPG Kickstarter game. Yeah. Particularly since everybody seems to have been burned by like the two big ones that were supposed to have large names attached to them. Yep, it's uh, Kickstarter's now become more of the. I think the board games do pretty well on it still. They do. And some, and if you get the uh, established developer who's kind of a smaller team, but they've made some games, you know, commercial games, those seem to do well still. But everything else from you know what it's really there supposed to be there for, like you know newbies that have never made anything that are trying to you know actually get some funding to get going they're the ones really having problems but on the flip side those are also ones that are typically having problems actually coming through with what they promise so it's uh it is what it is i guess i would At like everyone to know if you go to taco bell you can get a 
a participating cop, Taco Bell, you could get a a Overwatch themed cup. <laughs> and oh, yeah. until May 18th, you Try have a chance it. to win a copy of the game as well as one of exclusive four exclusive Overwatch themed Kraken Pro gaming headsets by Razer. Sweet. <laughs> now, now I have to decide if I'm going to buy Overwatch or not. No, I'm going to go to Taco Bell and try and win it. Oh, no. <laughs> you don't want Taco Bell? No. You like Taco Bell. Uh, my stomach was hurting a lot last night. Oh, okay. uh, have you been have you been playing the beta? Yes. Have you been enjoying it? Kind of. <laughs> Ooh. What about you, Alice? I've, I've actually been enjoying it, but I actually was one of the people who really quite liked Team Fortress 2. So. See, I hated Team Fortress 2, but yeah. I like this better than Team Fortress 2. I have been... I couldn't even get interested enough to launch the beta. Now, I have it installed, but I still can't get myself to be like, yeah, I should play Overwatch. No, maybe I shouldn't. Well, the other advantage is um, by pre-ordering it, I got a friend code, which I gave to David, and we we played it together. Yeah. And seems to generally make things seems to make things a lot more palatable. Well, yeah, you could play terrible games and have fun if there's another person playing with you. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I know I've, I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Um, there's several characters that I really like the feel of. Um, and uh, yeah, well, I think the game could use some improvements. It's well, it's a Blizzard game. If there's, one company, yeah. if, if there's one company that I think will do improvements over time, it's Blizzard. I like the rocket launcher girl that flies in the air. Yeah, like, Farah is one of my Farrah. one of the characters that I use. Um, she, I, I, her one is her style is very straightforward, very um, like kind of. It's basically the quake rocket launcher with a jetpack. Yeah, and, and then very the straightforward. Soldier, soldier guy seems the most easy to play in OP. Soldier nineteen. Um, 76 or whatever so yeah so soldier 76 yeah. is the guy you play the tutorial as so i think he's kind of designed to be the kind of you know generic everyman damage dealer compared to the mascot character for the series tracer she's mm -hmm. actually really quite tricky to use i i always Supposedly she's I the hardest that. to use that here yeah so. i i don't think she's the hardest to use in heroes of the storm though is she anna um she's tricky to use oh in heroes of the storm. okay never mind all right well, she yeah, because she has she. I mean, she's not a straightforward damage dealer at all. Because no. um, her her weapons are very short range. She has low ammo capacity, but her mobility is crazy. And I think that's the whole point. Bastion you know. seems a bit OP as well. And I imagine I think his turret's probably going to get nerfed. Yeah, probably. he sits back there in that little uh, the the little. Um car or whatever i can't think of the name they call it in the, the game tank and, thing yeah yeah and then he gets puts his little turret up on that and just just wrecks about half the games i played last night he was in whoever played bastion was mvp uh, what um, about what about the monkey what winston yeah uh he's annoying when he's playing on defense okay just because of his deployable shield generator and the fact that he runs over to you and smacks you in the face okay he, he's a very he's one of those guys who's very good at holding defense points i found or i found him annoying to fight against on defense point uh my preferred tanky champ uh tanky hero person is devar because she has a mecha i haven't played a tank yet so i'll have to do that so yeah if you guys play later today i'll probably be playing later on okay all right i, do. I might just be delivering missiles to people on the undock so yeah. i also did talk about crusader kings 2 i think you were away I know you're a play. Yeah, I think you play that, right? 
Uh, yes, I have played Crusader. Is that the one before or after you in Europa Universalis? Before. Before, okay. Yeah. And then you it's go to the Iron Brigade or Iron Tank Brigade it, or what's it called? It goes, it goes Crusader Kings 2, then Europa Universalis. Well, Crusader Kings, Europa Universalis, then Victoria, then Hearts of Iron. Okay. Although at the moment there exists no safe converter for Europa Universalis to Victoria 2. Why not? Well, because they haven't programmed one. Well, but now they got to make one to get to St Stellaris. Stellaris. Yeah. Chris. Stellaris. Stellaris. Well, it's stellar because it's well, the stars. Worst thing about, the worst thing about Stellaris is it doesn't come out until Monday. Okay. Um, and But there are a bunch of people like streamers, YouTubers, and stuff like that that all got pre-release copies of the game, and they've been streaming on Twitch all weekend. Oh, you it's poor like, thing. I want the game, damn it. And it looks like just on like Civ 4 where you're just going to play it forever and ever and ever. Well, pretty much. Or Civ anything, really. Yeah. Pretty well, much. Um, handily, there is a... Someone has put together a... Uh, or several people have put together a... Like, um... A web interface that allows you to design your own empire. Like, it's before Stellaris? you the game. Oh. Yeah. Installaris? Yeah, let me link one of them. Uh, link it in the Skype chat. Uh, da, 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 da. Skype, Skype. There we go. Yeah, I was watching the giant bomb quick look, and it looked like designing your your race was. It took a long time. There are a lot well, of choices it's only because to make. It, it'll be yeah, choices to make, because you have to pick your your ethos, your genetic like your genetic traits, your logo, your names, and stuff like that, your government type. Um, a lot of stuff to a lot of stuff to the bit, the thing I really like though is you can start the game with just like 32 randomly generated space empires to occupy your game uh, but you can also set a flag in the empire designer so that uh, you can force empires you create to appear in the game as well so you can basically design several like you know several more as it were mm -hmm. which is pretty cool Okay. And then traits. Of course, he's now just playing oh, around with. Oh, sorry. The... Yeah, I should not not do that right now. Okay, cool. <laughs> Did do you... it when somebody else is talking. All right, Jonathan, you're done, right? Uh, sure. Sure. If you got other games, man, don't let me stop you. No, I think I'm done. All right. Well, let's get into the news, folks. Beep, 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 we got a lot of it because we've been gone for a couple weeks. So let's uh, let's let's jump down here. Um, first off, we've got uh, an update from Toronto developer Massive Damage. They put out an early access version of t their tactical RPG, Halcyon Six Starbase Commander. And let's see, what is this? <laughs> yeah, we talked about this one last time too. I oh, think did it, we? I guess. Yeah, I don't know if it was this exact news, but I think. Because due to this, I added it to my Steam wish list. So this was a Kickstarter, and they've said, "Hey, it's out. We've got a video up on the page, um, like normal." Trailer. Uh, it, it's trying to blur the lines of tactical turn-based JRPGs and tactical base building. So mm -hmm. stylized pixel graphics. It's a throwback to '90s RPGs, and um, this could be good. This looks neat. Well, see Listening to it, it sounds like, oh, man, that's awesome, and that's awesome. It's all things I love. Yeah, it could be really boring, I actually, though. 
pull it up on Steam, it doesn't look as cool as it sounds. But yeah. I'm still willing to give it a try. I mean, there's like that that space game that got kickstarted that everyone thought was really boring. Um, Star or something or other. Well, whatever. We've already forgotten it. Star Citizen? Uh, no, not Star Citizen. Is it? Was it Star Citizen? It's the one no, that everyone's was... paying thousands of dollars for ships. No. no I, think of, the, I think you're thinking of um, Starbase something. Starbase. The guy's Broken Fine did. No, not Double Fine. Uh, not, uh, not DF9. Um, okay, it wasn't DF9. No, that was that one wasn't kickstarted. So I'm talking about wasn't one it? that was. Oh, okay. No. Um, FTL. Uh, no, FTL's good, so that's not it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're forgetting it um, because we've all put it out of our heads. But uh, Star Kickstarter, uh, Star Trek style game, iOS. PCs. Oh, Star Command. There you go, Star Command. That's the one. And everyone was like, "Huh." Oh. Uh. <laughs> Nobody remembers. That's fine. Wouldn't that more like one of those uh, Forex games? Though? No. Oh. It was more of a boring game, and it oh, could have been good, huh? What's it? Oh, geez, you remember? You played it, Anna. Did I? Yeah. Didn't you? Maybe. Nobody remembers anything. Ah, oh. and then they uh, they made a Steam version called Galaxies. I don't know how that went. So I don't know what's going on anymore. Ugh. Star Command. Then Star Command Galaxies. Maybe it, maybe that's better. Um. Oh. Let's look at that. I've gotten totally distracted now with this. How did it do? Mixed. Mixed. Oh, I'm gonna, oh it's early access because Galaxies isn't out for sure. They're still working on it. Okay. So that might fix it. Because Star Command was kind of... Uh, uh. Okay. Anyway, back to news. Daedalic Entertainment. Uh, the people make the Deponia adventure games, um, which has nothing to do with ponies. It's just called Deponia. That's... A, it's about a world that's like a garbage dump or something. It's weird. All right. So uh, let's see. How's this working? They've put, uh, yeah. Oh, they've got a new RPG coming out called The Long Journey Home. Um, it's after disastrous test of humanity's first jump drive, the crew members of the ill-fated spaceship find themselves stranded on the other end of the galaxy. <coughs> Star Trek Voyager. Uh, players must take the helm and guide the struggling group of would-be survivors back home. Um this time taking the long way and traveling through the galaxy back to Earth. Um, so you can imagine how that goes. Uh, PC, Mac, Linux, some un as yet unrevealed consoles, second half of 2016. We've got screenshots and uh, stuff like that. And a trailer. Trailer? Okay, good. Uh, Pieces Interactive put out a free content update for Kill to Collect. That's PC, Mac game, if you don't remember. Uh, they added a new Warzone game mode. Um, which is a revamp of the free hunt mode. Um, I haven't played Kill to Collect, so I don't rem I don't really know how that works. Um, came out just earlier this month. That is a a co-op roguelike for Steam, so could be good, could be bad. I just haven't tried it. Uh, it certainly looks interesting. Um, I just don't know anyone who wants to play a co-op roguelike with me. So let's see. 
Uh, Access Games is announcing they're going to put out Trice's Exist Archive, The Other Side of the Sky in North America. And they're going to do it in October 18th, 2016. PS4 and Vita. So um, I don't know much about this game other than it's being Trice, right? Uh, there's some story de- um, tags here. Alice, do you know anything about uh, this game, Exist Archive? Exist Archive? Yeah, it's a Trius game. No. Okay. Not a Trius fan? Uh, well, not at the moment, anyway. Not at the I've, moment. They, they, well, they've not released anything I'm even particularly interested in, so... Don't they make the Star I mean, Ocean games? Yeah. Yeah, I thought they did, but... Um, I haven't bought Star Ocean I mean, and this, and this, Star- this battle system looks very Tales-esque, so... I don't know. Hey, I don't buy a game just because it has a Tales of Battle system. Well, Jeez. why not? After that last one, I mean, the battle system be all you want to do because it's freaking impossible to understand. I'm sorry. I'm just wanting to complain about Zestirius battle system again. All right. So let's see. Screen Enix put out some info about Valkyrie Anatomia. It's going to have Lemon from Valkyrie Profile, voiced by Yumi Toma. Um, and as a special bonus, and that's all I know. Why are we booing Valkyrie Profile? Mobile. Oh, is it? Oh, I yeah. forgot about that. Oh, this is gonna they suck. They tease us a little bit of excitement, and they're like, "I bet it's on mobile." And they're like, "Yep, yep." <laughs> Android and iPhone, Valkyrie Anatomia, the origin. So, Stop. it's not. We don't know when it's coming here either. By the way, so. But since it's mobile, it'll probably come here. Though I guess that's not a sure thing. Um, there was a giant update for Tokiden 2. Um, Tokiden is like the Monster Hunter Cross um, Musou game, right? So from... Nobody else knows about these games. Jeez. Okay. Nope. <laughs> okay. All you. <laughs> so they put out some info about one of the new characters, Kaguya. Got the info on our site. You can check that out. Um, they talked about how you can equip Mitama, which possesses... Portabilities called boosts, blah 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 details, um, and let's see. And you have a base in the game. They talk about that. Um, and uh, all we know is that it's coming out in Japan on PS4, PS3, and Vita. No news about a Western release, but it'll hit Japan on June 30th. And if you want to see all the artwork and the the various details about this game genre that nobody on this call right now seems to care about, so I will shut up. Um, even though it's kind of Monster Hunter-y, so Jonathan and I should totally be playing this, except that it isn't out. Um, I'll shut up now. Me? Okay. Yeah, don't you like Monster Hunter? No. Never played it. Okay, well, got to get you into that. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> someone, to, someone to play with Wheels and I. Uh, Naoki Yoshida revealed details about Final Fantasy XIV during a PAX East panel. That was going on literally right after the podcast last week. Actually, it was going on during the podcast last week. Um, and then we had a podcast last week. Two weeks ago. That's what I meant. Okay. Two weeks ago. Um, they. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. So here's here's the the stuff that they threw out during that uh, during that thing. And Alice plays fourteen, so maybe she'll care. Um, first up, there's an app being developed for the game that lets you link, enter your link shell from outside the game. Then you speak to the guild or friends from mobile devices. And you'll be able to access the retainer and market board. 
Hopefully it will be available before the next expansion releases. Huh? Is that useful, Alice? Sorry. Is that not useful? One sec. Huh? One sec. Jesus Christ, Chris. One. 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 What's going on? I, I got distracted and didn't hear what you said. Oh, okay. Well, you didn't ask for me to repeat it, so I'm really confused. That's what you were going to. Okay. An app is in development for Final Fantasy XIV. Dang, you mean to replace the one that's already there? Well, this one will let you uh, access the link shell from outside the game, speak to your guild oh. or friends, and manage a retainer and market board. Okay, that is actually significantly better than the one that already exists. All right, yeah. <laughs> It'll be available before the next expansion, they hope. So, that seems useful. Sounds kind of like the World of Warcraft app. Yes, it does, doesn't Function it? That. Yep. Yeah, it does actually. <laughs> maybe they got the same maybe they got the same app development team. Yeah, maybe. Um there's new Hildebrand quests in the next patch. 3.3. So uh, did you I uh, did you see the Twitter interaction about the patch? No. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> oh, I did. Oh yeah, yeah. That was good. Oh, because it's something of the horde and then uh, all the World of Warcraft account was responding like, "Oh, the horde, eh?" and yeah. I like that the cat person that you follow all the time had like a little gasp eye artwork. Okay. The guy that oh, draws all yeah. the druids. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn, it's like I can't find the damn tweet now. <laughs> yeah, there's some good uh, gifts being exchanged by followers of both accounts. I like the fact that accounts. Final Fantasy 14 answered back and said, don't worry, guys, we're prepared. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was it. <laughs> that's that's what the gasp was in response to. <gasps> All right, uh, let's see. Odin made a guest appearance in Fantasy Star Online Two. Apparently, is that true, Alice? Okay. Yeah, I missed it, but oh, okay. It happened um, a little while ago, I think. I I wasn't playing back then, so. And apparently, they're going to make it sound like uh, there's a chance that Fantasy Star Online Two characters will be coming to fourteen in all territories. So that, that, that's the closest us in the U.S. might get to Fantasy Star Online 2. What the heck? Uh, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. Uh, gender neutral clothing, he's kind of pseudo committed to and said, please tell us in the in the forums which things you would like us to make equipable by both genders. And he, said, and he volunteered up the bunny outfits. Well, yeah, the I audience asked the for the bunny one. outfits, yeah. <laughs> We're going to get on it. <laughs> um, let's see. Summoner pets, they're um, going to, they're not going to add more forms because that takes a lot of balancing to do add more summons, but they want to let you change the appearance of them, starting with Carbuncle. Um, maybe adding one new appearance per path per, or per patch. Um, they said, yeah, flight in the old area is probably not happening. You know, it takes a lot of work to do that. Um, so unless they go back and remake the whole game again, <laughs> cataclysm style, um, more cameos from other Final Fantasy characters, like we saw with Lightning, apparently, but they're not going to say who because they don't want people complaining that oh man, I was hoping it was going to be them instead. They'd rather just release it and have people be excited about it when it comes out. Um, he admitted that the hidden Moogle quest line is his most hated quest line. 
Um, Alice, do you have any idea what that is? Sorry, do I have any idea what what is? The, the hidden, hidden Moogle quest line. No. Apparently it's really bad and nobody likes it. Um, and he noted Oof. that Moogle love had dropped dramatically after this quest line. Um, oh, is that a... Uh, I wonder if that's a reference to um, the... Um, and he promised to make players love Moogles again with 3.3, hinting at a little revenge on the Moogle King. So The... Um, uh, the thingy um koopa freed or something or I don't no know. i was thinking of um the obscene number of moogle quests that you have to do in damn i can't remember the name of the uh, the, sh the shrouded mists or something yeah, i don't know okay um yeah uh and then there was the moogle delivery chain yeah i don't know Hidden Moogle. FXIV. Hidden Moogle. Hidden Moogles. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was an event or something. Nah, I doubt that. I think it might just be the delivery Moogle quests. <laughs> okay. So. And that that's it for what they released out of that panel. But uh, some interesting stuff. Oh, and also, um, I guess this wasn't talked about in the rundown I was just reading, but uh, they also said that sometime uh, in that thing that they are actually trying to make it so that we have the 7-Eleven items in the U.S. as well. And they... I think they stopped selling those before I arrived in Japan, unfortunately. Oh, that stinks. Yeah, so they've got... It, the approval on his side from the game perspective is all done. It's all... A matter of working on the contract and the legal stuff and, and making it actually happen from a business side and obviously he can't control that so uh, it might happen there is a chance alright Zuze's visual novel RPG hybrid Aselia of the Eternal is coming out on Steam or it's out on Steam uh, it's an all ages version of the game in English by Jast USA it's downloadable from Valve Stormfront now um and so, yeah, that's another visual no novel announcement, which I'm surprised we're covering, but okay. Yeah, we, uh, supposedly this is one of the good Jast games. I want you to go check it out. Have you guys or are there bad ones, too? Before? Okay. Well, most of the Jast games are basically all, like, I, think, I can't think of the word for it, the proper, it's like the hentai sex ones. Oh, okay. I know they have a term for it. I can't think it slips my mind. I think hentai games, H games, it covers it. <laughs> okay, that works. Then. I think there's another one too. The, I, I've heard, but yeah, that's basically what it is. I mean, there's Otome, but that can go either way. So, I don't know. All right. Mm, it is Acelia the Eternal, the Spirit of Eternity Sword. It is 15 bucks on Steam. Um, overall reviews are positive, according to Steam. So, that's a good sign. So, and it looks like visual novel, but also looks like it has like a RPG combat system in there. So, maybe that's why we're covering it. That would make some sense. Yeah, there's stats and all that stuff, levels. So interesting. I'm gonna follow that. See if we can figure out what's up with that. All right. Nintendo confirmed that E3 is gonna be weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, The Legend of Zelda is going to come out for the uh, the new Legend of Zelda is going to come out for the NX 
as well as the Wii U simultaneously sometime in 2017. March. Oh, March now? Okay. And it's going to be the only playable game at the Nintendo booth at E3. Across all its platforms. (laughs) So they will only have this game at their booth in a playable form. Uh, There could be plenty of other games shown in non-playable forms. Um, other vendors will be at the um, at the show, such as Natsume, showing off other games. Like, for example, Natsume is going to have a game on 3DS. Yeah, right? River City, uh, Tokyo Rumble. Okay. And uh, I'm sure other vendors will as well. So, um, I... But a lot of confusion came out of this announcement because people started <laughs> thinking that it meant that, oh, no, there aren't going to be any Wii U or 3DS games anywhere at the show. Like, no, no, like, no. No. <laughs> Just not at Nintendo's booth, which is weird. They will be the Wii U version of Legend of Zelda. Oh, the no NX stuff shown off there. No NX stuff at all. Jeez. It's going to be weird. But we've seen that Nintendo knows how to do a Zelda-themed booth before, so I'm assuming that's what it will look like. instead of having a three-day treehouse event like they did last year, they're doing a one-day treehouse event, and it's all Zelda. Which is weird. But okay. Um, people are very concerned that this means that their 2016 back half has, like, nothing from Nintendo. Which is not a good sign, but okay. What it's is probably not a very... Un, uh, it's probably not an unfounded fear. No, it's it does seem likely at this point. I mean, we But have the idea of these... no Wii U games till 2017 after E3? What the heck? We have, no, it's not that there's going to be no Wii U games. Well, no Nintendo published Wii U. But the good ones are all from Nintendo, Anna. Also, it's not that there isn't going to be no Nintendo games. Because we know, as always, they're having a uh, a development sit down, or a retailer sit down, where it's like, here's the games that we're going to put out. This is your deadline for ordering. This is how many we expect to sell. And so that's going on as normal. If they had no Wii U games, that would be weird to have, even if they have 3DS games coming. All right. Because the thing about these presentations is this is where you sell retailers on covering your, on carrying your stuff. No one needs to be encouraged to carry 3DS games. Well, I haven't heard anything about this, so I I didn't know. I don't even know how you found out about this. Because someone leaked the email to Go Nintendo like they do every year. Oh, okay. But I mean, there are, are all sorts of these vendor meetings. This is like the background E3 stuff that goes on. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked about this before. There's a bunch of vendor meetings that go on. Like two years ago, I presented to Toys R Us rep for some Harvest Moon game. That wasn't a vendor meeting. That was a demo. Um, it was in the middle of the vendor meeting. Toys okay. R Us came and talked to Graham, and then I demoed, and then they went back and figured out the number of units that they were going to buy. <laughs> All right. So um, that's uh, that's Nintendo for you. It's going to be a weird E3. All yeah, right. Because, I, I mean, on the upside, I'm not sad that Activision isn't going to be there because they're very, very loud. And they're... <laughs> All of their monitor, all of their stuff points outwards. I love Anna's perspective on E3s. Oh, I'm glad this vendor won't be there. They're very loud. And the problem is, is they set, they have, they have like massive numbers of subwoofers in their booth. 
So if you are anywhere near them, you feel the floor vibrating. Okay. Uh, Fool's Theory is a developer comprised of former CD Projekt Red employees, and they have announced a new title, Seven, The Days Long Gone. Uh, And they've got a trailer that we've got up. No release date, planned only for PC, so very much inspired by how CD Projekt Red announces games. Um, And it's apparently a game that is inspired by games like Thief, and is a fully 3D isometric RPG all about stealth. We've got some details on the story up there where you take control of the Master Thief and, and you can go watch the trailer and see if you'll be interested in this thing. Looks very open worldy, so see how that goes. Uh, isometric though. Interesting. Cool. That looks fun. Um Let's see. The original Xenoblade Chronicles came out on North American Virtual Console on the Wii U. That is a Wii game that you can play on your Wii U. Um, Alada Games has put on a 2D action RPG called Niflheim. It's out now. Uh, it's early access. PC, Mac, and Linux. It is got all the core gameplay aspects and full graphical assets. And they're going to put keep the game in early access for about a year before its release. It is an exploration-focused RPG taking place in a hand-drawn Nordic fantasy world. And so we got a little trailer up that you can watch. You can go check it out on Steam. It's a 2D side-scrolling sort of thing. So you can check that out. Uh, Eidos Montreal has announced some new info about Mankind Divided, which is the new DSX game that Jonathan and I can't wait for. That's the one you play, right? Jonathan? Um, Man- DSX? You in the DSX? I haven't, I haven't played it yet. Oh my gosh. Why do I think you play every game? Okay. I wish I had played every game. Who's played Deus Ex here? Um, you. Um, Have you, Alice? Uh, uh, I've played the most recent one. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. What, right. as in... Um, crap. <laughs> Human Revolution? Was... Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, okay. Okay, good. Because uh, I know we're still I know we're still waiting Listen, on a day. I just want to know out, if but... anyone else is excited to for more emails to hack and read. All right? That's all I'm I want to... I'm excited. Okay. But... All right. So they, they've announced several additions for the game. So here we go. For the game's release, Mankind Divided will be available both physically and digitally. There is a day one edition and a standard edition priced at $59.99. They contain the following extras. Oh, excuse me. There's a physical day one edition and a digital standard edition. These come with the following extras. A bonus in-game mission. The Covert Agent Pack, which contains additional items, upgrades, and weapon skins. The Digital OST Sampler. The Digital Art Book digital novella, and digital comic book. There is also going to be a collector's edition, which will retail for 130 By the way, you've been able to pre-order that, that thing above for, like, ever. And you remember they had that, that terrible pre-order campaign that was, like, nobody was happy about, so they canceled it entirely. It was all weird. Okay, anyway. So now they've announced a collector's edition. $139.99. You get all the stuff I listed above. And an exclusive black and gold prism box a steelbook case, a 9-inch Adam Jensen figurine, and a 48-page Titan art book. 
And then finally, a digital deluxe edition will be available containing all the game stuff from the, that day one slash uh, digital standard edition I mentioned at the beginning, as well as the game season pass. That will be $89.99. Comes out on August 23rd. And worth noting that the collector's edition does not include the game season pass. So, isn't that nice? No? All right. Deus Ex, Mankind Divided. It's probably actually going to be pretty good. So I'm excited. I'll be pre-ordering that. Uh, Spiderweb Software announced Avedon 3, The Warborn, the final chapter of its Avedon trilogy of games, coming out this fall in 2016. Uh, Crate Entertainment uh, has an action RPG called Grim Dawn. It's been out for a, uh, two months now, apparently. And you've been able to... Cr- you're going to be able, or you are now able to create your own content for the game because they put up modding tools. Uh, they are included for free as part of the game's 1003 update, and they are the same as used by the dev team while creating the game. So if you want to get into modding that, go for it. Grim Dawn's a third-person loot-based action RPG like Diablo. Um, I don't know why I haven't played it yet. It's pretty uh, awesome. Is it? Oh, man. Yep. Played it at uh, PAX, and I have it. It's, it was an early access for a long time. Yeah. See, I was waiting for it to get out of early access. Yeah, it a lot of people out. went over from Torchlight to Grim Dawn. Oh, yeah. no. I don't know that I like that crowd. What? The, because people get very passionate about pro-Torchlight and anti-Diablo, and okay. it's like, I, you, you know, Chrissy got this way. And it's just, it be, can become unbearable at times. And it's like, can't I just like both games? Where do you sit on that spectrum, Jonathan? I haven't played Torchlight. Oh, okay. But I like Diablo. I like Path of Exile. And you like Grim Dawn? I, don't, I like Grim Dawn. You own it, so why haven't you played it? I've played it some. Okay. Well, why haven't you played it more? Too many understand? games. No, no, not a good answer. So, Grim <laughs> Dawn, I was waiting because of early access. I bought it way back when. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. I met with him at packs and i sat down and played talked with them and stuff and it was like man this game's pretty fun so i played it a little dabbled a little bit in the early access stuff but uh i need to get onto it now that they fully released i was kind of waiting for that and it's just like how anna and i need to play through the um the remastered um van helsing stuff now yeah we do how come we're not doing that oh, I don't... because we're playing diablo 3 <laughs> yeah oh that's something we didn't talk about playing we started diablo 7 season 7 characters yep yeah uh. We need to put more time into that. Yep. Oh, Diablo games. All right. So there's uh, there Grim Dawn. Go uh, go check it out if you want to do some mods. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Well. Anyway. All right. Um, in the vein of news that causes me to have to go pre-order stuff, Atlas put out an announcement about the launch edition bonus content for Shin Megami Tensei 4 Apocalypse. In addition to a copy of the game, those who pre-order or purchase a launch copy will receive a set of three metallic pins. They and feature Dagda's mark and the symbols for peace and anarchy, the two main the two main routes of the game. So, you want your pins, right, Anna? Yep. Okay. Good. Uh, the ooh, there's a new guys. Everyone playing Fire Emblem. Which is like three-fourths of this podcast. New DLC pack launched this week. Yes. DLC map, map pack, pack two. two. 
All right, so how's this work? This is another round of DLC. Yep. Um, six maps starring alternate version of the children from Hoshido Noor. What? This is weird. So I don't know how to explain it well because I haven't played any of it. They follow the young heroes as they try to save their parents in an heirs of fate storyline. Okay. Yeah, so... In... They tell a, conti- a continuing story. Yes. Re- rewarding players with ability scrolls from the units when they win. Players use preset characters, not the ones you've been using in the campaign. Lame. As such, someone picking up a later map may find themselves a bit lost as to what ha- what's happened. Um, let's see. Here's the full schedule. May 5th is another gift from Anna. Gives players boots in the Paragon skill. It's free. So that just came out two days ago. Uh, and then the first of this map pack also came out in the same day. In Endless Dreams, it focuses on Kana and gives people skill taker and luck taker skills. It'll cost 49 cents. May 12th, uh, Realms Collide stars the Norian children and gives people magic taker. Costs a buck 99. May 19th is the Changing Tide stars Shiro and his group and gives people strength taker. 199. May 26th, Light Sacrifice stars Sigbert and his group and gives people defense taker. It costs a buck ninety nine. June second, Endless Dawn stars Shiguri and gives people Speed Taker and Resistance Taker one ninety nine. And June 9th, End Lost in the Waves uh, is the heirs of Fate Final Battle and gives people Point Blake one ninety nine. Or all of the above for seven ninety nine. Available right now. Map Pack two. Anna is rushing to her three DS to buy it. Yes. I already have my 3DS in my hands. Well, you got to rush to the eShop then. Okay. Get to the eShop. Post haste. I plan to go back to Fire Emblem when I'm done Bravely Second. I, what's weird here is it looks like they've got like the uh, the other gender version of all the kids as part of this, right? Hmm? It looks like there's a, the screenshot advertising this is showing a female version of Kana. Yeah. If you're a male character, you have a female Kana. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just didn't understand how that worked. If you have a female main character, you have a male Kana. Oh, well, we've, never mind then. We've discussed this a couple well, times. Well, I'm an idiot. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. So, uh, Bandai Namco has put out a new trailer for Sword Art Online Hollow Realization. Um, and that should have been in the trailer section, so Trailers. I'm sorry. Um Followed by Atlas, which has dropped two new trailers for Etrian Odyssey 5. Trailers. The end of the long myth. No, nah, but those are Japanese trailers. First trailer focuses on the um, Warlock class, and the second one concerns Masteries. And yeah, it is a Japanese trailer, because no word on Western release of Etrian Odyssey 5 yet. E3? Wait, when is it coming out in Japan? August 4th, 2016. Yeah, we're not going to hear about it yet. We'll hear about yeah. it in September. Yeah. Square Enix has announced Kingdom Hearts will finally be getting an orchestral world tour of its own, featuring orchestral arrangements of the series music composed by Yoko Shimomura. Um, it is going, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Here's where they're going to do concerts in order Japan, March 10th, 2017. France, March 18th, and 19th, 2017. Uh, Japan's one in Tokyo, France is in Paris. United Kingdom, March 24th and 25th in London. So, Alice, you can go to Kingdom Hearts concert. Um, Singapore, yeah, Singapore, May sixth and seventh in the Esplanade Concert Hall. China, May twenty eighth, twenty seventeen, in the Mercedes Benz Arena in Shanghai. Uh, the U.S., June tenth and fourteenth, 
That's E3 week, Anna. Uh-huh. June 10th and 14th at the Dolby Theater in Los Angeles. Yeah. And that's During quite deliberate. During E3. Yeah. Let's, we should see if we can get free tickets. <laughs> no, I'm not going to want to go to a concert. I'm going to be so tired. For oh, that. I've done a concert during E3 week. It's fine. <sighs> for you. June 10th is a Friday. Mm-hmm. So that won't work. That So mm-hmm. if you came in the Friday before, which we're not. And then the, the 14th, 14th is, is Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> the, the first day of the show, you want to go to a concert after it? Uh, no. No. All right. The next one and the final one is USA, June 24th, the United Palace Theater in New York. So tickets, I think, are on sale now. Oh, oh, Anna, that's next year. So I don't know. I assume that's when E3 will probably be next year, but that might not be. It's not like next month. Oh, I thought I thought those listed. No, 2017. Oh, weird. So June of 2017. Here we go. The 10th is a Saturday. Okay. And the 14th is a Wednesday. Interesting. So it's a little. So assuming E3 is that week, the 12th through 16th. No. We don't know. <laughs> we won't. We could know fly it. in a day early and go to the concert. Oh, okay. Well, that's a maybe. There you go. Oh, I'm gonna get my Kingdom Hearts concert today. Today. That's a dumb way for me to read this since that wasn't today. It was whenever this was posted. Uh, New Zealand-based developer Scarlet City has put out the Etherlight Chronicles of the Resistance, an episodic online RPG designed primarily with younger gamers in mind. All right. So this is. Oh, it's based on the Bible. Yeah. So remember, I was talking. Wait. This it's week. the Bible reimagined in a steampunk setting. Yeah. So remember how I was talking to you this week about the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Yeah. And how it was sort of subtly Christian, and it's, I don't know what the books it's, it's are like. It's referred to as an allegory. Yes. Thank you. And so I, I had some problems actually redeeming our code for it because their webpage doesn't work. Whoops. And so I had to like make an account and then make my parental account Uh-oh. and then log into the game, and then I could finally use the code. Okay. Now, the one thing that I think is cool is one, they actually let the kid make the account and the parents come and make the parent account. All right. And then two, 24 hours later, they send you a follow up email that's like, hey, just so you know, your kid made this account. So that they can't just go into their parents' account and delete all of the parental stuff. So I thought that was very um, wise. That was very cool of them because I, I don't think Club Penguin are like, the National Geographic game does that. Why can I not remember the name of that game? Anyways, Animal Jam. That's it. I don't think Club Penguin or Animal Jam does that. That was mm. nifty. Mm-hmm. So I haven't had an opportunity to play it yet, but I plan to. So next week, I'll have some things to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, level 5 released uh, revealed its third mainline Yokai Watch game. It's coming out in Japan on July 16th of this year exclusively on 3ds and will come in both sushi and tempura versions i love it um and there's a trailer uh yokai watch 3 takes place in both the u.s and japan um two different protagonists it sounds like so there you go grand kingdoms having a playstation 4 beta live right now i think it's almost over actually um 
So, and I don't know. There's multiplayer in that game, isn't there? That must be how that works. I don't. It's a tactical RPG developed by um, Spike Chunsoft and Monocro and stuff. All right, and then yeah, finally, just got a beta key. I need to download that today and try it out. Okay, you get on that. I should do that too. I don't know if I will. So many games, so many games, and then the only game I that matters. That excuse. Say what? You just told me that wasn't an excuse. Oh, it is for me though, because I own the site, <laughs> not for you. That's how that works. Anna, do you like what I did with the next section of the spreadsheet? Hang on, let me look. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the Persona 5 section. Uh, and it has a red background and the thieving cat. Uh, yeah, what's it, What's its name? Oh, gosh, I don't remember because I, I assume it's going to be localized into something else. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. So, right, May 5th was Persona 5. Morgana. And so they took a... over the Tokyo Tower. They turned it red. Yes. And so there was a, a, a bunch of stuff in Japan. But the important thing for us was there was a video presentation which gave the Japanese release date PS3, PS4, September 15th, 2016. And basically, John Harden on Twitter the same day was like, We're going to be taught, we're going to reveal the release date of Persona 5 at, at E3. And he didn't say that verbatim, but he very broadly hinted at it. So we don't know if it's going to be the same as Japan. We don't know if it's going to be later. We don't know. If it's it's gonna not going to be earlier. It's I'll not going to be much. earlier. Yes. We, we feel fairly confident that it is not going to be earlier. The other thing that's the question mark is whether North America will get the PS3 version. Yeah, I doubt it. Because there were some retailers that earlier this year canceled pre-orders for the PS3 version. Mm. So, yeah. All right. So the Japanese Collector's Edition has an art book and a five-disc selection of all sorts of Persona music, including it's Persona like 5. Each disc is a selection of tracks from a different game. Right. And then there is... Um, but it's probably a lot of songs total. And then there's um, DLC costumes and... Yeah, um, so you can make your characters look like the Persona 4 cast. Right. Including a teddy costume for the cat. <laughs> um, they also announced Persona 5, the animation Daybreakers. And Daybreakers it's a is prologue. a prologue for the game. And so they didn't really nail down a solid release date for it, other than... All of Daybreakers will be available before the game comes out. So we'll have all of the episodes of Daybreakers before September 15th, 2016. And I'm really hoping that somebody like Crunchyroll jumps on this anime super fast and dubs, uh, subs it. Because I'm really interested in this anime. Because I had a lot of fun. I've been watching the uh, Atelier Eska and Lodgy anime. And we watched about half of Persona 4 Golden. And those were really cool because they're almost exactly Anna, like the game. But we've watched two episodes. Really? Yeah. They're almost exactly like the game, but there are other side stories that get inserted into them, and that's kind of cool. We should watch more episodes. Yeah. We'll have to pound that out before. And we we'll have to play there. through the storyline of the fighting game. Yeah. And um, the storyline of Persona Four Dancing All Night. I've played most of it. Okay. You have to finish it. Yeah. 
Not a fan, huh? <laughs> I love it. The story is fantastic, and I love playing with the characters, but the rhythm game just isn't that good, mm. which it totally bums me out because um, Persona Q was like, this is how an Etrian Odyssey Persona game should absolutely be done, and they 100% nailed it. Yeah, but the story's irrelevant. Yeah, but who cares? It's okay. fun. All right. <laughs> All right. So for those of us who believe that Persona 5 won't hit the U.S. until 2017, we need something to do between the release date in Japan and here. Well, I know something that will consume your time. Oh, what's that? How about World of Warcraft Legion? Oh, another one of those? Yep. Oh, when's that coming out? August 30th, 2016. Oh, man. So. <sighs> do I have to level up my garrison more? No. Oh. Garrison's going away. No, my garrison. Well, I put so much time into it. Yeah, it's not going away. It's just going to become defunct because oh. instead there will be class halls. Darn it. So all of the warlocks. My garrison's going to have to go cry warlocks. in a corner next to my farm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, standard physical digital edition forty nine ninety nine. Digital deluxe sixty nine ninety nine. I don't remember. What, what bonuses you get? You get uh, an in game Illidari Fellstalker mount and pet and pet. And some items for other games, like portraits and all that crap. Also, this story is wrong. Oh, what's wrong? I think the level cap increase isn't 100. Yeah. I think it's higher than that. No, it's 100, because you're 90 now. Yeah, I think it goes... You get a free 100 with the purchase of the expansion. Yes. That's accurate. Yes, which is why I don't think that's the max level. In Legion, no, it's 115 or something. I think it's 110. What the hell is the max level right now? 100. Okay. Yes. So the story's wrong. Good call. One, one X, since we don't know. <laughs> it's 110. 110, okay. Yep. Thank you, Anna, keeping us honest. And Ellis. And then you'll get, you get a, if you buy the, all right, you buy the expansion, you get a boost to 100 on a character and the ability to play as a demon hunter sometime before release. You can't do it now. 10 to 14 days before is. Oh, is that it? (laughs) That's nothing. So basically when the patch comes out that patches the game for a release, I guess you'll be able to play as a demon hunter then. Right. Yeah. Uh, That's a big news. And yet I don't feel like it's a big deal. No one's talking about it. Um, I think WoW's ending, Anna. No. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Publisher Badland Indie and developer Anima Project have announced an upcoming RPG called Anima Gate of Memories. It's going to come out in June. Steam, PC, Mac, and Linux, as well as PS4 and Xbox One. Two physical editions will be available for the PS4 version, a standard edition and a collector's edition that comes with a 20-centimeter figure of one of the game's main characters, a soundtrack CD, and a set of 22 tarot cards, an extended manual. Yes, we are at the point where collector's editions are including manuals because they're such novelty items now. Wow. And a collector's box. Pricing for all that has not yet been announced. Uh, it's a third-person action RPG set in the world of Gaia from Anima Beyond Fantasy, which is a tabletop RPG that I've never heard of. The game features two playable characters known as Ergo and the Bearer. Owing to their special synergy, only one of the characters is present at any given time, with players able to swap between them on the fly. They are in pursuit of the Red Lady. 
probably not the one from Game of Thrones, a rogue member of their own order of Nathaniel, and after she absconds with the Byblos, an artifact of immense power, not to be confused with the boss from Final Fantasy V. So, there, there you go. Anima, Gate of Memories, in case you're wondering what that one was called. Go look it up, because it sounds intriguing, right? And I have no idea what's going on here. And by the way, for those of us in the uh, in the in the U.S., twenty centimeters is seven point eight seven inches. All right. Uh, Bethesda's working on expanding Fallout Four, and they've got a new expansion for that called um, Far Harbor. It's part of that whole, you know, season pass thing. Otherwise, it's twenty five dollars on its own. This is the giant new island that they're adding to the game um we got a trailer for it right i think trailer yes Yes, there's a trailer official trailer and uh yeah other games getting dlc include xcom 2 there we go thank you jonathan Uh, (laughs) alien hunters is the name of the dlc it's almost here uh they've gone into detail about what coming with it alien hunters will feature a new narrative mission that introduces three new ruler type enemies elite units that will hunt down troops across multiple missions if not dealt with what (laughs) what (laughs) okay four new weapons will be added to the game the bolt caster a high damage single shot weapon the hunter's axe a blade weapon that can be thrown or used at close range the shadow keeper pistol a weapon enhanced by the shadow fell ability which is guaranteed to hit and grants concealment upon killing an enemy and the frost bomb grenade which freezes targets temporarily these weapons are all prototypes so if any unit using them falls in combat their remains will have to be physically brought back or the weapons will be lost forever no um, let's see. After completing the included narrative mission, three rulers will be released into the game. Each has its own unique traits and provides a great challenge to players. They will also offer great rewards as defeating them will unlock new suits of armor that offer new tactical abilities. Alien Hunters comes out on May 12, 2016. Free for those who own the reinforcement pack or purchased for nine ninety nine. I have the reinforcement pack. Well, then you're, you're I am set. set. Yeah. Are you going to play this? Are you going to go back to it for this? Yeah, I actually never finished my first one. So oh, my gosh. All right. Yeah, you should do that. So, yeah. All right. And we have a Kickstarter to talk about. So let's see if I get this up here. From Witching Hour Studios, the team behind the forthcoming Masquerada Songs and Shadows they are appealing for fan support for the final push of the game via a Kickstarter campaign. So, the Kickstarter is for Masquerada Songs and Shadows. And here's how that's working. Um, and Masquerada's pretty cool. Is it? I played oh. it at PAX East a couple, uh, not this year, but the year before. Oh, it's over. The Kickstarter's over. Okay. Well, womp, forget it. Did they, so, did they get it? Uh... Yes. Yes. Nice. The the combat reminds me a lot of the Infinity Engine type games. Oh, okay. So, uh, but it's not really RPG. Oh, yeah, it looks like it. It's just Your like... guys don't really level up. Oh. Because the combat is very much Infinity Engine or, or PoE yep. looking. And it's like, it looks like a cartoon animation. So that's really cool. 
Um, but you don't level up? Weird. Uh, that I recall. It didn't have a lot of the, what you'd see as a deep RPG stuff. It's just more of the RPG style combat. Okay. Huh. It's a combat and narrative focused RPG, the, our story claims. So it places a huge emphasis on its story. Okay. Uh, ooh, voiced by, um, let's see, a cast of veteran voice actors, but that doesn't list here who they are. So, okay. Well, uh, it succeeded. It'll be coming out, do they have a date actually? Release date is estimated to be July 2016. And you can, um, well, well, that won't work now because Kickstarter's over. So it was going to only cost you 14 pounds to get a digital copy of the game. Now I bet you it'll cost you a little more. But there's a demo. If you go to their Kickstarter page, you can go download the demo on their Steam page. Well, I guess just go search for Masquerade on Steam. It'll be, um, and download their demo if you want to try it out and see if you are excited for the game. I'm going to follow it and wishlist it and we'll see how that goes because it looks cool. All right. All right, we got more trailers, Anna, so get ready. Trailer. First off, Square Enix has unveiled their first... Trailer. ...for its upcoming re English release of Romancing Saga 2 for iOS and Android. Um, and now that you hear that it's the iOS and Android one, you can be sad. Uh, Square Enix has also put out three video... Anna? Trailer. Uh, ...for the upcoming Omega Force developed by action RPG spinoff Dragon Quest Heroes 2. Yay. The, th the three... Anna? Trailers? Are very similar in content and seek to compare the game in its three versions to in Japan for PS4, PS3, and Vita, respectively. So you can go check that out on the page to see how the games vary from each other. Uh, due out in um, May 27, 2016 for Japan. No word on a U U.S. release yet. If but, uh, we're going to get one, they'll probably announce it at E3. But don't worry, we won't get the PS3 version. Yeah, probably not, actually. We might not even get the, P the Vita version. Oh my gosh, the Vita version has a much lower frame rate. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the PS4 version is a nice looking one, obviously. And the PS, the Vita one is kind of, wow. Low frame rate slimes hopping. Okay. Well, I'm going to stop watching that. You can go do that on your own. Just start up all three videos at once. <laughs> It'll give you a good impression. Nintendo has released a... Trailer. For the upcoming Tokyo Mirage Sessions. It shows an attack made by a group of mirages on the group's two main characters, Itsuki Ai and Tsubasa Oribe, in a attempt to steal the special energy called Performa. And uh, the... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Go watch the trailer. Uh, it's a crossover. Enjoy it. Nipponiji Software has dropped a new trailer for the dungeon-crawling RPG... Oh. I'm sorry, Anna. Nipa Nichi Software has dropped a new... Trailer! For the dungeon-crawling RPG Coven and the Labyrinth of Refrain. This... Anna? Trailer. It gives an overview of the game's six classes. Uh, so go check that out. Neocore Games have released a new... Trailer. For Warhammer 40,000 Inquisitor Martyr, which features focuses on the game's destructible environments and cover systems... Um, and you can go check out how that works. That's an action RPG set in the Warhammer 40k universe coming out sometime um, uh, soon. PS4, Xbox One, and Mac. This is the same people who made the, the Incredible Adventures of Van Helsing, which we talked about earlier. 
So I saw if is this the one that Giant Bomb had a quick quick look for? I think so, right? Because it's the Inquisitor game, or is this diff? Is this a different Inquisitor game? I can't keep this all. S- this is a different one. Oh my gosh! How many Inquisitor games do you need? Because the other one was like kind of a adventure type thing. This is an action RPG. Man, Warhammer, eight thousand games a year at this point. All right. Hour to Impress put out a new episode this uh, year, so go check that out. Um, number one. This they put year, out I said. Two episodes. They put out two episodes this week. And number two, they put it out this week. <laughs> Chris, you're losing your game. I, I need to stop. I need to stop. It's two o'clock already. We need to wrap up. Um, we've got a villain off going on on RPGamer.com, so if you want to go and vote on best villains, or is it worst villains? How does that work? Best, worst. I mean, they're villains. Okay, well, you go and um, go go to rpgamer.com, and in the upper right corner, you'll see a thing for RP Gamer Villain Off. Go check, click on that, and have fun picking on best villain, and eventually wa- wait for Kefka to win. So, we'll see how that no. goes. What? He's not guaranteed to win. Well, he should. He already beat my favorite one. So. Oh, who would he beat that you liked? Irenicus. Arenicus, oh man. Yeah, you're not going to get enough crowd support for Arenicus no. in this day and uh, age. No. no. So, I mean, it's going to be a Final Fantasy guide. He's got probably the best game. voice work of any villain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, we have a phone call. But before we do that, let's, uh, let's get some emails, too. So, Seraphim Kitty. Uh, oh, this email is kind of silly. I shouldn't read this out, actually. Um, what? Why not? I haven't seen it. Hang on. Let me go down to So you. how about you do it? Oh, yes. Okay. So this is a couple weeks ago. So someone else mentioned this too, which is kind of how it stopped happening. Oh, Chris, finally stopped using the pretty wife thing. I'm so proud of you. It reminds me of living in Texas for a year and finding out that all of my female friends hated the term wife. Then I actually went to parties and you'd have to hear Mrs. Mr. Smith, an engineer at X, and his lovely slash pretty slash beautiful slash charming wife. And then you'd find out that Mrs. Smith is actually Dr. Smith and she has her PhD. But of course, she's only ever been introduced as someone's wife. I asked about it once and everybody looked at me like I was stupid. I was expecting some sort of response like, oh, my mom really loved to be introduced that way and I didn't realize how it sounded. But with no response or understanding at all, I completely understood how all my female friends there had their own suspicions of the answers people were too polite to say. Things like, well, she just got her PhD while going to college to meet a man, right? Or a PhD on a woman is nice, but wouldn't she much rather hear that a man finds her pretty? Or isn't her revalue whether or not she's eye candy or charming or able to host a party? I think it became more ominous to me that no one in Texas had an answer when I tried to bring it up. I'm glad you changed things before you episode before you hit episode 400. Sorry to pick on Texas, whatever super sexist racist things we do in Florida. I didn't see you when I was growing up, but I imagine that we were just as bad in our own way. Wow. <laughs> I think it all—it's all from—it's all perspective. Yes. If it's the husband it's, being there and the wife is the the uh, person that's uh, accompanying them, then it's this is my wife. If it's the wife's function and the husband's there, this is my husband. 
And we have someone from Texas who's able to answer this. Yeah. But I, yeah, it's, I think it's more of a, I mean, some of that's more Southern old fashioned in, in some ways to where the, the lovely, this, the charming, I, I don't hear the honorific, those kind of like scriptures as much, but I, I, I don't know. I, I see it from, you know, if it's the husband's work event, this is his wife. As Chris is hosting the show, this is my wife, Anna. So I don't see it as a big problem or deal. Yeah, hard. obviously, just introducing wife is just showing the relationship of the person, but exactly. um, there's apparently a there's a minefield here that I guess guys need to be careful of that I'm being told about. I don't know what's going um, on. I was just going to say, I need to head off. It's going to no. I need to sort dinner. No! Okay. Chris, we chained to, to your hours. microphone. Okay, fine. Thanks, Alice. We're almost I'll done. See anyway. you guys. I'll see you guys in um, three weeks. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it depends. The rest of it really depends on whether or not I'm able to join in after work. Okay. Because I'm working the next couple of weekends, sadly. All Bye, right. Then. Bye. See you then. Yep. Bye. Bye. Later. Bye. All right. So next is Matt from Texas with a phone call. Yes, yeah, Matt from Texas. Uh, been dialing on the forums, and my uh. My uh, game from uh, the Pax East was uh, the, the Battle Chef Brigade. This game looks uh, really cool, man. It looks like uh, the mini game from Sukuden 2. If um, you went out and actually gathered your uh, ingredients, and I hope y'all will cover this game. I mean, the, the uh, animation is a little stiff, but I actually kind of like it. And so I hope y'all like it too. All right, that's all. Uh, all right, so what ba- was the name of the game? The Battle Chef Brigade, I think. The Battle Chef Brigade. Okay, I'm going to put it in the notes, and we'll look it up later. Yeah. So it looks cool, actually. So I'm going to follow that. in regards to the WoW conversation that we had a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. No, wait. I thought we talked about this already. Sort of the WoW stuff. Okay. But, um, well, no, because c- there's... We kind of talked about it, but now we have like the best walkthrough about how to get your moose. That's true. So take right. us through it, Anna. So Victor responded on our forums and said, World of Warcraft's last major update was past 6.2 in June 2015. So it's not a year and a half ago. So correction on that. The Grove Warden Moose comes from a quest item that drops off of Heroic Archimond. It is currently a 100% drop rate for everyone who participates in the kill, but it will go out of the game when the pre-patch for WoW Legion arrives. This pre-patch date is unknown. It will probably be early August, a few weeks before the release date, simply because that's the way it always works. If you want a Grove Warden and don't have the character with the in-game equipment for heroic raids, here are your options. 1. PvP in Ashrin. If you're in a terrible group, complete your tour of duty, and then leave and requeue until you get a good group. Do the quests, follow the leader's orders, and rake in the conquest points. Use these conquest points to buy powerful PvP gear. It's the fastest way to get your character strong equipment. Combine this with a level 3 gladiator sanctum in your garrison for more rewards and the opportunity to earn cool titles like Manslayer. Number 2. Do the quest to unlock your level 3 garrison shipyard. If you haven't already, then do to non-jungle daily quests. Farm baleful gear tokens in a Pexis crystal. 
Once you get sufficient reputation with the bird vendors in Tanan, you can buy items that will upgrade your Baleful gear to level I-695 for 10,000 Apexis crystals each. It is slower than Ashran, but good if you hate PvP. Number three, don't bother earning any good gear. Pay gold to, for a guild to carry you your undergeared character on a heroic Archimon kill for a moose. Depending on your server, guilds charge anywhere from 25,000 to 100,000 gold. Number four, forget it. Wait for the other moose mounts in Legion. They won't ex look exactly like the Grove Warden. They will have different palettes and aren't un outfitted with as much tack and trappings. One of them comes from the leatherworking profession. And, um,. MMO champion is actually data mined out what that moose is going to look like. So you can check our forums for how that's going to look. Um, Puzzle Chronicles was mildly amusing, but fundamentally broken. The losing sides play field would shrink, obliterating the losing sides combo and giving the match to whoever got an early weed. It's kind of like Monopoly. <laughs> you didn't this mention Gyromancer. I don't think we did. But we did know. in our own conversation, but right. not on the podcast. Um, I don't know if any Puzzle Quest people worked on it. I thought it was worth playing. Some versions of in-game purchases, but they weren't really needed unless you were going for optional right. post-game content. It used to play powerful items. So I reviewed Gyromancer because at the time I was kind of like the person who really liked the Puzzle Quest games. And I don't remember enjoying it. So I might have to go back and replay it again and see if my feelings have changed. In fact, I'm going to... Hang on. Gyromancer review RP Gamer. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I gave it a 2.5 out of 5. Fantastic graphics, addictive, challenging gameplay, good gameplay length. Negatives. Not casual friendly. Story is a secret to everybody and favors certain summons. But I mean, I also said it takes less than 20 hours to finish. So, maybe so it's it's to... shorter than this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's my closing paragraph. Players may find themselves coming into Gyromancer expecting Puzzle Quest and instead getting Galactrix, for better or for worse. While the game has a lot of potential and is shiny on the surface, it laps the depth and accessibility that prior puzzle-bending titles have offered and serves up a game that's ultimately a bejeweled twist variant done up pretty. Yay. So that's a thing. Yeah. And I also complained about the fact that it crashed on PC a bunch. I assume they fixed that since then. No, maybe not. So, and for those who aren't aware, this was actually a Square Enix and PopCap jointly developed game. And that is like the weirdest two companies that I would ever expect to work together. I'm kind of sad they didn't make a second one because I feel like a lot of the things could have been really easily corrected had they just well, sort Well, PopCap of... got busy with Plants vs. Zombies. Right. And being purchased by EA. Right. All right. So where does that leave us, Anna? Um, I think that's all the feedback. All right. So now it's time to talk about new releases then, isn't Woot. it? Yeah, um, I'm stuck in this. There, I'm stuck in a. You just hit escape for and then some you could reason. Get out. Yeah. I hit escape twice. It didn't do anything. I ended up having to hit enter. All right. So what's coming up? Okay, PlayStation Four sees Battle Worlds Chronos. Um, 
which is not to be confused with Klingon Homeworld, right? Um, Doom comes out for PS4, as well as some other platforms. The Binding of Isaac Afterbirth finally comes out. The Magic Circle Gold Edition. Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. It's Uncharted week, folks. Um, who's into Uncharted here? Anybody? No? You buy them all. Does that uh, count? N- no, it doesn't count, technically. In Same. My... Okay. You buy them all, but don't play them? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else we got? We've got, um, oh, the Wii U, which is going to have Escape from Flare Industries, Midnight 2 on the eShop, Pixel Maker, Space Roads, Style Savvy, all these on the eShop, Sudoku and Permudoku, which is a 99 cent eShop app, The Beggar's Ride, and Super Meat Boy, which just came out. All these are out now, actually, on the Wii U, because this is the way this works out. The Xbox One is getting Doom as well. Raiden 5, yeah, that's right, Chris has a shmup to pick up for the Xbox One. The question is, how will he play it without an arcade stick? Hmm, I have to figure something out there. Um, Ali Ali 2, Welcome to Hollywood, and Not a Hero hits Xbox One. 3DS gets two games, Disney Art Academy. So if, you, if you're done just drawing peaches and cherries or drawing Pokemon, now you get a chance to draw Disney characters. Uh, Pocket Card Jockey also comes out, which I think Anna might pick up. I, I'm surprised you're not playing it. I don't think it's that good. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I'm, I'm, it's not that compelling to me to play. Okay. Um, but try the demo. Pocket Card Jockey has a demo, so give that a shot first. The new 3DS has a game called Super Punch-Out coming for it. Yes, NES titles continue. And Vita's getting Mega Tag Mention Blanc plus Neptune vs. Zombies, both retail and PlayStation Store. Um, PC is getting Desiree, Doom, Dr. Space Zoo, Dungeon Rushers, Earn to Die 2, Fantasy Tales Online, Glitch Space, Goliath, Hack It, all capitals with an underscore between Hack and It, Hyposphere, Imhotep, Pyramid Builder, Istralid, Kathy Rain, Meld, Mystery Castle, Parkitect, I bet you, you build parks, Planet R12, Scrap Garden, Starbreak, Stellaris, Super Blue Fighter, Tadpole Treble, The Beggar's Ride, Transocean 2, Rivals, and finally, Utopia 9, A Volatile va- Vacation. Whew! And that brings us to the end of the show. So I have to ask people, what are you going to play next week? Anna Marie! I'm going to try to finish Bravely Second. And? After that? Uh... I don't know. <laughs> Okay. I feel like you had an answer that I was supposed to give, and I don't know what it is. Okay. Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition Story Mode. I like that. There you go. Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition Story Mode. You'll like it, Anna, and it, you'll be able to play it because it's easy. Yeah. Jonathan's right. That's what you got to play. How about all your Vita um, Atelier games that you're behind on? Um, what do you mean? How about all your Vita Neptunia games that you're behind on? Uh, okay. How about more Diablo 3? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll figure something out there. Chris will finally start Banner Saga 2, I think. 
and um, some more star billions, and nothing's. Man, we're kind of in a dead zone for new RPG releases, aren't we? So I don't know. I think I'm just gonna continue to feel ennui and not knowing what I should be playing. I'll probably play more Hearthstone. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'll get into Hearthstone this week. That'd be good. I need suggestions. I don't know what I'm doing. Jonathan, what are you gonna play? Just play Grim Dawn. Oh, that's that's not a bad idea. What are you gonna play? Overwatch beta this weekend. Grand Kingdom beta. Um, Banner Saga two. Crusader Kings two. It's all right. Fair enough. It's uh, same thing. I, need, I really need to do both. Uh, actually, and I'll probably jump back into XCOM 2 now that that uh, DLC pack's coming. Ah, there you go. I know what I should play. I figured out what I should play, everybody. I should finish up my Fire Emblem Fates playthroughs. I yeah, should I need to do that too. I should finish up the last few iterations of the first game, Bravely Default, and then be ready for Bravely Second once Anna's done with it. That's what I should do. Let's see if I actually do it. All right. If I'll you... find up playing lots of Siege and take up a lot of my free time. Siege? Rainbow Six Siege. Oh, Rainbow Six Siege. Okay. All right. No, haven't been playing much, uh, much a um, um, division, huh? I did, and then I got to level 30, and then there's got you know, nothing more to do. I'm hearing that from everybody. Did you listen to the review podcast that we did for the division? Oh, I should do that. No. You guys should. But, I think it would be interesting for you guys to listen to it. And by the way, we have a podcast review for the division for those that haven't checked it out. Well, I, I, I talked with Wheels and or not Wheels, who the other guy that was in here talking about the division. Do you mean Ken? S- Ken, yeah, soft soft. Yes, yeah. I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> Off the top of my head. That's fine. I haven't actually interacted with him. That was the first time I've actually interacted with him on the RP Gamer. Okay. Whereas I've talked to Wills a bunch, but... I would like Matt in Texas to know that I just pre-ordered Battle Chef Brigade. Yay! When does it come out? That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know that they have an announced date. But it looks cool. <laughs> All right. So um, with that, everybody who is um, listening, you can contribute to the show in one of three ways. First off, go to our forums at forums.rpgamer.com slash. No, no, it's just forums.rpgamer.com. What am I thinking? I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> I was doing something on there earlier. So uh, forums.rpgamer.com. The second way, podcast.rpgamer.com is the email address. And finally, voicemail like Matt from Texas used, 608-729-4098, 608-729-4098. Call, leave a message, we'll play it right here on the show. Send us an MP3 message to your email and we'll play it right here on the show. And uh, yeah, with that, um, I need to get lunch because I'm starving. And it should be here any minute. Oh, okay. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll be back next week, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, right here at twitch.tv slash rpgamer. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Um, come hang out with us during the week in our chat rooms over on IRC at irc.esper.net, uh, pound rpgamer. Or you can just uh, hang out on our forums. Or follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash rpgamer. And, of course, facebook.com slash rpgamer. So 
We'll see you next week, everybody. Until then, goodbye and good luck. <laughs>